thank you. What intro? Thank you. Bren has been morphed into a tiny human with a <laughs> tiny little voice and miniature larynx. How are you all doing? How are you doing? I I played too much rank last night and the soul has left my body. Who's this directed to? I just the honestly <laughs> mostly of Aston Barla because I know how you're doing uh, and I don't I don't seek to know any further. <laughs> <laughs> Discord's down. Spawn yeah. down. My, my grandma's here, so we're good apparently. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Are you trying to? I don't know exactly. I don't. Are you implying that it's good that you're recording while your grandmother's here? <laughs> no, I'm just saying my grandma's. Brent's my grandma now. Oh, I see. Brent is your grandmother. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. but also, here. what cool. is this water cooler talk? What? You've oh, never done this before in an episode. <laughs> Why are you well, starting to make it feel like it's a workplace? It's we corporate bonding. Yeah, it what is. is this? You're asking me how the weekend was? How's don't, your wife? Don't subvert the corporate hegemony. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. I will crush you under my heel. I will crush you with red tape and bureaucracy. You yeah, fool. those are big words. I don't know what they mean. No, honestly, I, I, I was struggling to find an opening because genuinely I have been flattened. I played some ranked games last night with Bren and it was the least fun I've ever had playing Valorant. I thought, okay, I've got to try out the new meta, right? I've got to try it out. I've got to see what it's like. And we spent the first four games with just like Jet Rainer players speed boosted running over people on the other side of the map. And that was like the first 10 seconds of the round, we've just lost a bombsite and I'm on the other side and I'm like, oh, well, guess I'm playing retake again, 3v5 for the fucking fifth time. Oh, let me rotate to the other side. Oh, they hit the other one. I'll fucking flip a coin. Yeah. It, Actual 50-50 gameplay. We played, one, we played one map that was kind of nice. Pace slowed down a little bit. But... As soon as you just got the baboon brimstone buff. Oh, oh this game is killed you want, about, you want to talk about a new man, new patch? Yeah, go on then. Go on then. Have you, have you two played any of it? Have you had a chance to experience this? I, Maybe it I've was just... A, I've played a bit of it actually, and it was similar to what you've experienced. It was mm. very similar. I, was, I, I mean, to be fair, like... I, I don't really care as much about the pacing of it as you. I know, Josh, you're a thinking man's player. You know, you like you like it to be Stratego over here, where the, there, it takes years and years for everything to play out. I'm fine. Like, I'm fine if the pace is really heavy. But I have to say, it is not fun in ranked when you're retaking literally every time on defense. It's just, like, insanely yeah. not fun. Well, then don't retake. <laughs> hold the site. True. You have mollies. True. Just hold the site. Oh, you my say God. That. Why did you I say tell, that? You have mollies. Hold the site. But yeah. my God, I was having instances where I would be. I, the trouble Bren, is. Bren was playing Sage, by the way. This was defense side split. Defense side Bren Sage. Sage. Defense side split. And, and Sage. Bren was getting run And they over. were running over my fucking slows with the brimstim. <laughs> they were running over my slows. I was I was getting hard swung by Arena with an op. And, and, it, and I was like, what uh, What do I do? What do I do? I mean, the obvious answer is get good. But also just... It, it, my biggest issue with this patch so far <laughs> is... That, that listen, you lost five games ranked, in a row yeah, and derailed yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely one of them. Fucking, we lost a lot last night. We lost a lot. But the the biggest issue is ranked normally wasn't some slow strategic game. No. Even at the higher ranks, it, it was very much like sometimes it would just evolve into just rushing a site, alternating, whatever. There wasn't really much nuance in, in the play. And this patch feels like it has enabled that play. 
It's taken the tactical out of the tactical FPS in my mind. <laughs> Anders called it an anti-intellectual patch when it first dropped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, this might, I mean, I, it must be coming. Oh, dude, what, what is this? Yeah, I don't know. What this, this actually, oh my God, this killed me. You can't see the minimap, but there was a KO knife in B main, a tree. And I'm like, I see the KO knife in B main. I'm like, well, is, is he B main? I'm asking, is he B main? Is he B main? <laughs> Well, of course, I don't know. Who just runs at me over the rope? <laughs> just runs at me over the rope. Yeah, by the way, you yeah. can't hear the comms there, but one of our dead teammates did say, watch out for the rope. And yeah. Ren just kept watch out for the rope, and I'm thinking, main. why would I watch out for the rope? The knife was B-Main. <laughs> just incredible <laughs> scenes from everybody involved. I still won that game. At least you won. Yep. At least I still won. won that game. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Dude, but no, I, I have not been having a good time on this patch. I mean, it might sound it might sound very it might sound very um reactionary after five yes, games. Reactionary after five games, and it probably is. But <laughs> I my initial impressions are it it's it's made the worst aspects of ranked a more winning strategy in my mind. So Bala, what was your what was your thoughts when playing recently? You got a more tempered approach? I was having fun, guys. Oh I, I, God. I was throwing my fucking brimstems and I'm just like booking oh it. My God. I was having fun. Fortnite I don't know what player. you're talking about. Fortnite player, by the way. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, the thing is, I actually enjoyed it too because like, I, I'm ready to be a baboon with the rest of them, you know? It's just like, at the same time, I'm like, well, this does not seem tactical. Like, yeah. I'm just, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Here's the thing that I think, I, I don't know, maybe, uh, I, I don't know what's happening with you, with you guys, but uh, in my games, <laughs> In my games, my defaults never work anyways. The tactical approach never works anyways. Yeah, it was, <laughs> that, it was never there anyway. It so really all wasn't. All I want to do is just like, hey, guys, I know when you try to default, you guys are spread it all on the map, and you just run up one area of the map anyways, <laughs> not holding any space. So let's try to rush something. So, so do you view it as like a fast-forward button on your regular games, then you're just fast-forwarding <laughs> the ranked game? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm fast-forwarding past all the tactical like arguments that me and my teammates have, and I'm just like, let's fucking rush something. And it's fine because nobody's like there's no Astra to grapple you, and like you're 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 chilling in in that regard. There's you don't actually have to bait out utility right now. Well, you do. Um, you do a lot because the brim uh, smokes last for fucking ever. That is like the the worst part about it is the brim smokes lasting forever, and your teammate not knowing what to do when there's a smoke in front of you. But other than that, no, I've been having fun. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well. I'm intrigued. I am absolutely intrigued what happens when it gets to the pro level because I highly doubt the pros are going to go with the ranked strat of put down the zoom button on the floor and run in with the rain. I'm like, do, 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 do. No, 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 no. Don't look at me like that. I don't, don't know. Look at me I like don't that. know. I could see some no, teams no, no, maybe no, no. On, leading on, leaning into it a bit, you know? It's, 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 <sighs> please, no. Please, We're literally no. about to watch. Happen. Week five, North America. Yeah, and there's nothing NA loves more than just reverting to our tribal selves, <laughs> of just running in, man, just running in. I the swear top to God, teams have never at any point done that though. It was always like some, Faze. some like phase. I don't. Also, for a brief yeah, stint, I like at yeah, the I, tier I mean, one level, Renegades for a brief stint. But Renegades weren't a top team. Down. That's what I mean. I mean, like teams that have a chance to win or something I'm, or get to playoffs. I'm, I'm still like joking a little bit too much, but yeah, it's like, all right. I feel like NA is going to embrace this patch. 
I think some of the teams are for sure. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. Who are the winners and losers of this patch in terms of the pro play? There are certain teams that I think theoretically, obviously we don't know how it's actually going to play out, but theoretically might get a bit stronger. Um, some of the teams that enjoy playing with a bit more pace, playing double duelist, maybe that becomes much more viable with the uh, with the Brim and the Omen. Uh, who do you think are some of the winners and the losers of this Astra nerf patch? Um, I think everybody's first thought is, what happens to Sentinels now yep. that they don't? <laughs> I think that's everybody's first thought. And to a certain extent, I agree. I think that enables a little bit um, of their play style where, you know, they're trying to figure out what the round is happening and then they just hit without really any sort of like, they're baiting out a lot of utility, all that stuff. I think that really does lend to, to Sentinel's play style. Um, and I don't think that they're going to lose anything at all because I think they were godlike before Astra. And then they became godlike with Astra. I think the one thing that I think people are forgetting is Sentinels is actually pretty bad at adapting to new metas. But in this instance, I think it'll be good because nobody will have any structure anymore because everything is new, right? Yeah. So V1, the guard, everybody who actually does have a little bit of structure um, has to work on new timings, new executes because they're missing the Astra utility, mm. right? I think that's the important key that Sentinels will actually work really, really well in. I, I think just before we move on, though, people are going to be people are going to be lit up by that comment that you made, Bala, about them being bad to adapt to new metas because they've been good for a long time. But what what specifically are you thinking of there? Like them being slow to integrate Viper into Bind, or them being like slow to integrate Viper into Bind, into Icebox, into uh, slow to integrate Astra, slow to integrate Ko. Like right. the only thing they've been fast at integrating is fucking Yoru, and they stopped. Doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that bears. I, I think bears you're on Bala as well by talking about how uh, the the way I look at it as well. The biggest difference from champs, like the, the the NA teams, the thing that was missing from a lot of them was that thought being put in ahead of time about trap plays, setup plays. Um, and mm -hmm. now that Ash is being nerfed, that's one of the key components to even enabling a lot of the. Beginning of the round defaults where you pull, you you fucking dash, you silver dart, whatever. You use a combination of utility to potentially get an early advantage, an early pick. And the NA teams weren't doing that as much. And especially Sentinels where it looks like they are still leaning on the things that made them the dominant team back in Masters 1 2021 a year ago. Well, I mean, a year ago at this point, almost. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can't remember when Reykjavik was last year, like what month it was, but roughly a year. I think it was May. Um, and yeah. at that point, like that, that play style of Sentinels that they love to lean into, which is they play off their, their team play, their chemistry so well. They individually, a bunch of the players are cracked. And yeah, it's very much in the moment. I feel like a lot of their gameplay is what it comes down to. This patch, I think, should enable that as well, just because reactionary, probably a lot of teams, there might be some teams that don't want to let go of the, of the prep that they put in like the Astra defaults or whatever, and they might still try and make the same comps work. But Astra's been so heavily nerfed that I think it's inevitable that a team like Sentinels is probably just going to embrace the changes, embrace the brim changes, and might just have a bit of a resurgence now coming into like week five and onwards. Mm. Yeah, there are still teams that are saying they think Astra is still pretty good though, by the way. I have seen some opinion yeah. that Astra is still pretty yes. decent on maps. Like yeah. it's not like she's <laughs> out of the meta entirely by any means. 
though. You got a sponsorship from Churchill, the nodding dog? What's going on over there, Barlow? <laughs> I just fucking, um, that, facts. Just facts. hard to I agree. think Astro's not that bad. I was playing a lot of, well, I played like three games, not a lot, because obviously Astro is not good anymore, uh, especially in ranked, but she's, she's, she's not that bad. Like if you if you are pre proactive about what you're doing with your stars, um, it's going to be good against certain teams and really good Astro players. I think are honestly not going to have that much problem adapting to the changes. That's okay. that's one, my take. Yeah, the one thing I would like to see is give her five stars back. I think yeah. personally, that's 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 it. I mean, I think. The nerfs were absolutely necessary, like I was saying before. But yeah, anyway, I, I don't want to talk about this too much because we're talking about the winners and losers, the teams, yeah, rather yeah, than the patch yeah. itself. So I, I, I do, I do. This is this is going to lead into a point about the teams, but I, I think the brim buff is overrated. I think the okay. brim stim is overrated. I don't think that people are going to be really be basing their strats around it unless they were already going to be playing brim in the first place. Other than that, I think the the you know, insta smoke landing thing doesn't change that much. I mean, what timing revolves around one second difference? You know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the brimstone buff is more so the fact that you have a place for him now, perhaps with some of those more aggro comps that you were going to be running anyway. But yeah, mm -hmm. the, the paranoia I see just having so much more varied impact on pro level in ranked. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it, I keep thinking about your Lion King analogy, Avast, of just being Simba <laughs> staring down the horde of stampeding. Yeah. What, what were they? They're not buffalo, the are they? Wildebeest. The wildebeest, yeah. yeah. But that's what it feels like in ranked. But in pro play, you know, the, a little bit of utility usage and some smart positioning will negate a lot of that, I think. Um, I'm interested to hear about, like, individual smoke players. Is there any smoke player in North America that you think hurts... Uh, or gets hurt from an astronaut or benefits from like omen brim coming back because i can't really think of one i'm thinking of like zom's great with astra but also has been able to perform on like I when he was playing omen previously well, loves it's a bit weird. kind of anchoring those positions with his paranoia I can think of one. it nitro gets buffed right oh, uh, <laughs> oh wait what sorry you say nitro gets buffed oh fucking hell <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I think it's weird to think of it as an individual player thing, though, because well, Astro was so... It's a bone-cold buff. It is definitely a bone-cold buff. It's a bone-cold buff. buff. I think but, it's a I mean, is he going to switch back to it? Yeah, it's a Marv buff. It I think it's a Marv, Marv buff, buff too. I think the way you phrased it was Astro, which player is going to be nerfed by the Astro nerf? Yeah, right? or change. I mean, but some people could, I could, having... I could see, like, a vanity maybe having, no, like, but... having to adjust a tad, potentially. Yeah, maybe, actually. It's, maybe. But it's, it's, I don't know, man. Like, Astro's such a team-based agent at the pro level. Where yeah. it, your your impact is like dependent on the shit that you've planned out ahead of time or how your team's playing off your util. It's not so much like an individual focused agent, you right? I mean? But there's a lot of there's a lot of the a lot of the Astra players or some of the Astra players anyway either weren't as comfortable with that kind of play style or well, like they, to they, lean they, into yeah, the they, individuals they, like Marved as well. Or like if or, you think um, back to Superman when he used to play yeah. the Brim, although Superman actually did develop a really nice Astra as well. I mean, Scuba and Sabrosa up at the top of the ACS there, they enjoy being gun out. <laughs> they enjoy fragging. So I'm thinking, you know, if you end up playing Brimmer Roman and you're a bit more TSM? aggro on the map, then... Is this the TSM patch? No. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 what? <laughs> I think Sabrosa uh, tweeted saying uh, Astra's still good on three maps, so still mm, going to be yeah. 
I don't know. I, I think I think they're still going to be like for players. Like the reason I mentioned specifically Vanity is just because I feel like a lot of the impact he he was able to bring is like yeah, there's a lot of set plays that are happening here, but a lot of the value with Astro is with with a less star with one less star and also way less flexibility in how to use them because it's much more like you put them down, they're there. Like if you remove them, you're not going to have them back if you pick them back up. Yeah. So I do think that there is some lessened impact with like when you have a player like Vandy that really knows like, okay, I know how to play my stars here. And like, maybe I planted, I'm playing post plant, or maybe we're going for a retake. I need to swap my stars like really quick. Like there it's is a, moments where yeah. that, that impact is going to be yeah, significantly yeah. lessened. It's a so. Zumba nerf as well. I've been watching Korean yeah. uh, Valorant. Wow. That is, I mean, he, mm -hmm. he likes to use all five of his stars and pull back seven of them and <laughs> pull back seven. <laughs> he can't, can't be doing that anymore. He pulls the coach out of the, into the server. <laughs> 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 All right, um, we wanted to, so there were some EMEA games. EMEA is starting to kick back up again. They had three games, I think, yeah, uh, instead of the many. previously scheduled, I don't even know how many there normally are, what, nine games or Six? something? Six? Sure. So. Three, two, two a day. Sure. Three days. That makes sense to me. So the first game that I wanted to look over is Ascend over G2. And I've made the title here, Ascend benefits from G2 cheating again, because Ascend had... <laughs> Ascend had a massive advantage in the map veto here because G2 got punished, and I just want to start there, man. D does anyone even know what it was for? They I they know. put out a tweet saying G2 have been reprimanded oh, because the, the thingy the, thingy. The jet thing, no? Yeah, was, but I heard a rumor thing. it was the jet, like, the using the jet exploit, which is fucking nonsense, to get on top <laughs> of the Haven C box. Maybe we but can... But it can't be that. Dude, maybe we can Please. find it. If you go to G2's last game, did they play Haven? Oh, yes. Kurt, Before investigation. This? Investigation, G2, previous game. SMB. SMB. Haven. 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 Ooh. Somewhere in the VOD. Um. Somewhere in the VOD, <laughs> Kellogg's jumped on top of that box. Somewhere in there. <laughs> we can well, find it. Okay. Let's do a VOD review now. On right, VOD review. Let's do, a, let's do a VOD review. <laughs> okay. This is split. Let's skip ahead. Skip ahead. This, this is, is going to be split, a problem. Next map. Next map. <laughs> well, so let's move ahead here. Okay, so now we're... Next this map. is actually just turning into the G2 be, podcast. It's going to be G2 defense side. It's going to be at the beginning of a round, most likely. Yeah, the Jets on A this time. It can't be this okay. round. How much time can we dedicate to this? Maybe about 20, 30 minutes? Dude, I think... <laughs> there? Well, no, no, it wouldn't be... We're too far in. Oh, yeah, this is, is the it, second We only half. have to look at the first half of Haven. Oh, oh they timeout. timeout. They were getting yeah, told off the admins. Coaching... Coaching... <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Help Suez? Do you think the coach told them to get on top of the box? Dude, get on top of the oh box. They're not going to expect this one. They won't expect this one. <laughs> not after what's happened in the past. <laughs> Dude, actually, oh, wait a second. Oh, wait, oh, wait, dude, wait, wait, I think that wait, was it. it. Dude, I think that was it. Yeah, it was. That was it. He's on the box. We found it. We found so it. Admin. Admin. Take away the lower third. Uh, we found it. Okay. That's funny. He has I, two traps. He's there. He's there. I there. find this to be a ridiculous thing that Riot are ruling against. I mean, both in terms of it's dumb that it's an exploit, and it's dumb that they have different punishments for it every time. Some teams from, uh, some teams from, uh, what was it, Singaporean teams? Yeah, I was it APAC? Yeah, it was some it was teams in Southeast Asia, I think. I can't remember exactly where the teams were from, but they got full disqualified. Yeah, full like from I the mean, whole tournament for doing that, which is just patently we, absurd. We've criticized Ryan Apart for just the inconsistency with the rulings. Yes. Across the board. And it's, yeah, it's the same thing's happening. I mean, 
I don't know, man. Especially because there was that. Was it during champs where it was that like forty-minute break where we were paused, trying to work out if it was exploit? I mean, I think they changed the rules retro retroactively after that. Could you imagine looking at that though and thinking, "Yep, you know what? That is an exploit, and it's just a loophole in our rule book." Come on, man! It's a skill jump with every other agent. It's just Jet has a passive ability to make it a bit easier. How is that an exploit? I Someone totally tell me. Is it a skill jump? Yes, you can do yeah, it yeah, with it every yeah. other agent. It's okay. just, I'm just bad. consistent with Jet because of her passive ability. It's literally well, a passive ability she has in the game. It's a benefit that she can move through the air. And Ryo's like, but it, if you use it in this way, it's I think it's like crouch spamming, though, no? Yeah? It's a it's a crouch uh, jump where you let go of crouch at the perfect time right as you hit the lip. Just like jumping on the split box in mid. Oh, it's the exact yeah. same thing. But with regular people, you have to you have to air stray from the box the default box and turn so it's actually a really hard jump to do with jet you could just jump from logs and you can glide and then you could just do the crouch um uncrouch thing right yeah but so, still it's something that's in the game like we're, yeah. we're doing with like a con this is like a constitutional crisis here we have like the originalist <laughs> being like okay like it's in the game and then we have riot being like no 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 it wasn't meant like that okay that's not that's not what well-regulated militia means okay so like i don't know this is just i, I, I feel like this is a very strange situation for the game to even be in and yeah. at the same and, time and like if it's here like it definitely should not be an exploit but whatever yeah and and i i put this comment on twitter and um Someone replied to me, I think it was the producer of um, Valoranting, actually, replied to me and said, well, if it is a rule, though, the teams should follow it, right? Like, it's G2's responsibility there. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think this is the kind of rule that players are more likely to forget about because it's something that they don't they do think in their head is an exploit. But all right. Yeah, that is Kellogg's responsibility. But also, why are the rulings so batshit all over the place? Like... Here, G2 got punished by not having a map veto in this game. That's bizarre. In the past, they've given like... Help BBL or whoever they were playing. SMB. Yeah, it was supposed this to help BBL help. and then BBL got cancelled, so it helped us end. It's just, yeah. it's just rolling the dice and it randomly helps a team. I don't know, whatever. Did you want to bonkers. talk about this match? Yeah, let's talk about the match anyway. So, <laughs> Ascend, Ascend managed to get Bind and Split into this map pool and G2 knew that Bind was coming up. Um, because they didn't have any map vetoes and Ascend always picked Bind. So, in a weird way, it's actually, I mean, it would have helped their prep either way, because if G2 don't ban Bind, then they know Ascend are going to pick it. But for the first time since Gambit won in, like, the middle of 2021 or something, Bala, did you say they'd won 23 times in a row on Bind up until this game? Yeah. Yep, and that includes that includes in in non-seeding games they've won twenty three. They were twenty three and zero since they started running this comp. So this comp was undefeated for Ascend in non-seeding games. In That's seeding games crazy. they lost like three times. That is absolutely crazy, and I'll show you why G two won because you look at the stats, okay, and Nookie's got like four hundred and twenty ACS. So when I I was vod reviewing this, I didn't watch it live. I thought, okay, well this is just a god game by Nookie, isn't it? He's just he's just running around and killed everybody, but actually. I don't think it was that. I think the second half was a bit of that. But the first half was actually kind of tactical prep, in my opinion. If you look at uh, the timestamps, we've been having a problem with Discord today, so I'm going to make sure that... Oh, there we go. So, oh, round four, though. Round four is a great place to begin because it'll showcase what's going on with, um, with this tactic that I'm talking about. So they have their sky holding B-long, and the B-long sky flash comes through the teleporter... 
And you can see here, Skyflash comes out, catches somebody. Now, Ascend have two defaults. They either B-lean default, where that Skyflash would catch nobody, or when that Skyflash does catch somebody, it means they're trying to take showers control, sometimes slowly like they are here, sometimes quickly. And so that Skyflash, if it catches somebody, gives you info that you can do stuff like this and punish the showers player. And if it gets you no info, it tells Nookie that he can push. And so this is one of the rounds where the Skyflash caught somebody and they were able to run that trap play. And if you go ahead to round eight, um, you see the other thing. They sent that flash through every time and Ascend just didn't realize how good it was, how much info it was gathering. Because this is really specific information. Look, there's the Skyflash. Flash doesn't catch anybody. Nucky pushes up. Nucky grabs the orb. Nucky goes on a flank. And Nucky, does he flank this time? I think he does anyway. But... As you watch this round play out, and there's a B main fight here that G2 end up kind of being in control of. It, it ends up going two for two, though, which is kind of normal for, uh, for Ascend. But yeah, Nookie eventually manages to push all the way out of showers here. There's obviously a TP here, and I believe they end up pivoting towards the B site at some point. Um, but Nookie just pushes, and he was pushing out of showers all the time because... Mm -hmm. One of the problems with the Sen's composition, I think, that people have only just started to figure out, is that without having the silver in the sky, you really don't, they don't anyway, allocate a player to actually watch showers very often. And so Nuki was getting all of this free space. And in this post plant, they just don't expect him to be in hookah. He wraps all the way around to hookah. They don't hear a teleport noise. So they're like, okay, well, everyone's going to be CT. And they won three or four rounds on their defense side just by doing the exact same kind of thing, pushing out showers and either getting a pick on like the player market, getting a fast post-plant backstab like this. They did this exact play a bunch of times and the just couldn't figure out why their strat wasn't working. Yeah, and eventually they like pivoted to just fast hitting stuff. Mm. <laughs> and that only... Uh, exacerbated the situation with Nuki. I feel like G2's game plan on Bind was just so fantastic um, from start to finish. Like, they got value in Bathroom when Ascend was fighting for it, and I didn't even notice the flashes that were coming through um, informing their decisions to fight in Shower, but Ascend could never push that space, like, at all. Um, and it's not even like, like, even that... Oh, that was so nasty. That is just the nastiest clip, man. <sighs> yeah, it is. just disgusting. And he gets the ace too. I, I just love when he just fucking he just eats the shots. Of I know. Cena, by the way, it's simultaneously <laughs> one of the most like this this moment is so funny. <laughs> oh, in this, it's in one this of case, the best clips. It's one of the best clips from Valorant because you could almost put the beginning in like a Ray's highlight montage. Yeah, like this is what you do ankles. with Ray's. Yeah. Bro, if that was this me, is I'd Ray's be, played I'd be, at the highest dude, level. I'd be splicing in clips of the court. But then if you removed all the names for the kill onto, uh, onto CNED, you'd think it was just gold players. <laughs> <He's just reloading laughs> that would be like a flat chat just... clip that that guy sends us, you know, like the, the knife montage <laughs> clip. That could be in there. Yeah. That could be in yeah. those clips. Uh, it's fantastic though. So yeah, um, then they went over to Ascend, and Ascent is normally a good map for G2 when they have uh, Kellogg's playing. Uh, Mixwell is on the jet here, mm -hmm. and he actually played pretty well. He top frags this map, he looked really good on their attack side, and in fact, they went up on attack side, right? It's 7-5. Uh, but then CNED just came alive. I really felt like this was a battle of the jets. Both teams were mega sloppy. I didn't think that 
I, I still am worried about like Ascend's Ascent in general. It looks decent, but it doesn't look refined to the same degree as their split or their bind. And they really relied on like a 300 ACS carry from CNET to be able to uh, get this map through. Because otherwise, it doesn't look like a close map because the score is 13-9. But if they hadn't had that kind of crazy entry fragging impact from CNET, I think that map could have been a loss and they could have lost 2-0 here. Have they made playoffs before that match? Ascend? Yes, no, I it's think really, so. it's really in the air. On is that. it no? Because uh, yeah, they lost the guild. Remember? Yeah, they lost the guild, and their oh, of course, they lost ah, the okay. wasn't that high. Yeah, and there's yeah. only three teams that make it out of EU. It's really fucked right now. Yeah, they're yeah, there are, there's only two one, and Fnatic's two zero, and Guild's two zero, and they lost the guild. So like, yeah, good point. Very close. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Good point. Well, yeah, I mean, the entire I, reason I brought that up was just because I'm trying to put myself in the position of some of these teams when they know that there's an EMEA, the playoff patch is um, going to be the new patch that's played in week five and eight. Oh yeah, that's the playoff yeah, patch. So, yeah. the, so it's, sorry, the new patch is being applied for playoffs in EMEA. Yeah, a better not way week to word five. Yeah. Yes, not week five. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm just thinking if that affected in terms of some of the sloppy looks, is this just pure copium from me huffing it? I think they've always been a bit sloppy on they, Ascent. They have. Honestly, it's somewhere towards the middle middle bottom of their map pool. It's not yeah. all the way at the bottom like Haven or Fracture, but it's not not amazing. Um, yeah. But their split I, continues I, to be god tier. On the map ascent before we move to split, I, I do think, again, G2 had a fantastic game plan. I don't know what's it like. Their calling in this was so much better. And the way they were abusing and using the KO was fantastic. They were constantly knifing Keyless and just pushing mid where, where his alarm bot would be down. They did that like three times and got mixed well into fantastic positions on their attack side. It's um, Nookie IGL, I think. It's is... Nookie IGL, and and it's fantastic. And it's there was they were they were looking really good on executes as well, like clean executes. I, maybe sometimes it was Nookie, um, like just adding into it. But like the utility usage was coordinated. There was oftentimes where they were pushing off uh, certain areas of, of B before hitting it, and it worked fantastic. So I have to give mad, mad, mad credit for G2 because they look completely different in my opinion this series even on split yeah and split I mean honestly G2 kind of lose because of the map veto here because you've yeah. given Ascend the maps where they're arguably the best in the world at which mm -hmm. is bind and split and yeah you had a great game plan for bind but split uh, I mean the bone cold diff was showcased <laughs> so fucking hard at the beginning of this game mm -hmm. they won up 5-0 and I think bone cold was something like 10 and 0, Dude, 10 and back, 1, baby. something. He's back, baby. I can't remember exactly what his uh, KD was at the beginning. But, I mean, Avova was trying to put out some one ways of his own, and Bonkov was like, <laughs> you think you can beat me with one ways? It was actually ridiculous, <laughs> yeah, Bonkov. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a clip here, which he's just like holding close, just Whoa. gets a spray down on both of them. This is the bonus round where Bonkold's got the worst weaponry as well. Just chooses that opportunity to push into B main as well because he's fucking a Chad, isn't he? And so he just, <laughs> just takes out the next kill. He was feeling so confident, putting mad pressure on G2 and then just rinsing them when it got to the, uh, got to the important moments. I don't know. I, I honestly thought... For a minute, I forgot the term bonus, and I thought you said bonus, like bone cold, like it's the bonus round, because <laughs> he was winning. I was like, wow, that's a new term. I've never used that one before. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah. They so, had, uh, all in all, had good adjustments. Good game. It was an entertaining game, and it really should have been 
an easy one for Ascend, but G2 made it much closer than it should have been. Uh, here's a one-way from Avova, and they go, well, we can just smoke the bottom of it, can't we? And I don't, <laughs> I don't know why other teams aren't realizing this, but mm. they, yeah, they really have very little difficulty getting through a, a one-way like that compared to all the teams that fight against Ascend. Yeah, all his one ways are really advanced in places that are hard to take rather yeah. than trying to spot a cross or something and get a little free kill. It's literally for control. That's nice. Yeah. That's the that's the hard thing about a send split is that it's not it's not crazy over complicated the way they play the map. I mean it's just that the tools they've got, that's the agents simple. they're playing, it's relatively simple, but it's just the way that they're yeah. using it, the space that they take. Yeah, it's like sublime. A one way, a slow, paranoia maybe to set up off someone's contact and it's they don't, they don't overcomplicate it. It makes it way harder to break down if, I mean, the team's just so good at playing off of each other as well. Yeah. That's just good fundamentals, right? Yeah. I mean, they did this. I mean, honestly, that's a huge reason they did so well at Champions was their mm -hmm. fundamentals. It, it, it was mad, honestly. Time. Just seeing so. them play split with a comp that was from just eons ago. And yeah, I don't yeah, know. Definitely, definitely redefined in my mind what I thought about in terms of like having to only play meta comps. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. teams yeah. having to only play meta comps, but in reality, a team... This that... is a meta comp now. Yeah, it <laughs> is now. It is now, exactly. It's a bone cold buff patch, but yeah, it's it definitely redefined it it's off the back of that. Just a sense split. Yeah. Uh, all right. The other big game that happened in EMEA was Liquid playing against London United, I think. And Liquid, Liquid, they're still in crazy town. These comps, they're so fun to watch, but they really are mad. They are mad compositions. Um, the, 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 the comp, especially for Haven, we saw a little bit of this with Optic, right? We saw the like neon comp come out for Optic. It's not exactly the same. It was Liquid who did it first. Yeah, it was Liquid that did it first, of course. And on Haven, I, when, when I saw neon get picked in the mm -hmm. Optic game in North America, I was, I was flustered. I was like, oh my God, what, how the hell are they going to play this? And I said, I said on, on stream, um, that Liquid play this, but some of, their, some of their compositional swaps, I said nonsensical. What I meant was chaotic, uh, because each of them can kind of play individually. They have the KO and the uh, Chamber and the Sky, each of which is pretty happy playing for themselves at various times. But I said nonsensical, and Sliggy was co-streaming. <laughs> and he's, he's like, it's not nonsensical. Have you, seen, have you seen our comp? Have you seen how it works together? Every piece, it's magic. It's a mosaic. I, I agree with Sliggy. Well, it yeah, is. It's I, a mosaic. <laughs> it is kind of brilliant. It's mad, but it's brilliant. But I want to show some of the reasons why Liquid play this comp. So I had... Um, By the way, this is going to be night and day to the way Optic played it. Well, kind of. I think... Yeah. I well, think it is in terms of the house, fact so that Liquid has thought about it more than just using Neon to run past utility. Yes. They've definitely thought deeper through it than Optic have. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not... Again, like... You can think through a comp really deeply, but sometimes the EMEA teams get trapped into every single agent must be used yep. to get an area. And that means that it's exploitable because they're yeah, playing they, the they same play, they play utility the every single round. Valorant. Yeah, yeah. That's why we like EMEA. Um, so I want to pull sure. up round... Uh, actually, round 12. Can we just start with round 12, Kurt? Uh, which is how they take a lobby control, right, on their defensive half. Um, so take a look at the defense side here. So they throw, they pull, they flash, they knife bottom short, 
So they, they always throw the same piece of utility. They're using suck at the beginning of the round, like 90% of the time in A lobby. They have, uh, they often have a molly that they combo in there. They've got the knife. They've got like the um, neon stun is there as well. So there's like stun into the suck, molly being put down, huge amount of stuff there. And what London United ended up doing was they would just fast hit C a lot because you know that Team Liquid are expending a huge amount mm. of utility to take a lobby control in it. You, there isn't going to be that gravity well on the other side of the map. Uh, Liquid's retakes, though, are fucking nice. Yeah. So that it doesn't end up working perfectly, but I just thought that was an interesting it's example very similar of to, how um, all of the agents on Liquid are trying to work together for that A lobby control, and yet it still leaves other areas of the map yeah. open if you can find those timings and exploit it's, it. I think it's... Navi, it's intriguing this style. Kind of spotted that towards the, I mean, literally the same towards the, the end of the half when they played against some of that comp. But um, I don't know, Liquid, um, they would normally play the KO from mid. They knife a lobby. You know what I mean? Mm. So that the KO has another body placed over towards C. Yeah, At least they did back then. They were knifing short almost yeah. all of the rounds this time. Yeah. I wonder why is that just to? I think because people, people, are, dash. people are dashing down past their utility in a lobby, so it's like right. countering the counter. I think they, they also were um, they switched up and put the KO there because he he had a new nade that he was using at the in the uh, center of a lobby that was paired with the gravel. Yeah, I think so. he was throwing it from short up and through mm. the roof of a lobby, and it would land in the center of the grav well so you have neon stun into the suck ko molly in there flash there's a roof in a lobby yeah there's, there's like a, a hole in, in it yeah. yeah there's a yeah, hole there's, there's a, a little tiny really hole. yeah i mean i don't know whether you can see it in the vod but yeah it's there. No, because it's not it. it's not the first time that utility has been comboed there that's gone through the roof wasn't so it? yeah there's yeah. nades as well yeah. yeah 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 so a lot of what team liquid were doing well though in this map was Yampi, Scream, Nevera finding like magical moments. Obviously, their composition still works well, but I think London United actually did get a good read of how to play around it, and they relied a bit on those big impact moments from their players to to get them through it. Uh, I still don't think the comp is bad at all, but I don't think it's something that is like solved. This is the new meta. It's impossible no, to play around. It's never going to be the new meta with Liquid. They're just <laughs> they they. I feel like part of their strengths is that they do play these comps and it's like you really do force, uh, force your opponents to think. Mm. Um, in, I mean, especially if you're not going to be as prepped on them, if it's like the first time you're seeing a, a liquid special where suddenly That's they're running so four duelists and you're like, what the, what the fuck are we looking at? Yeah. It's like Phoenix, what? I also want to point just out. bounce off the spike? It bounced off of Breach's toes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to point out that round, Soulcast runs through A lobby, kind of like how Optic were playing it, right? He runs past all of that A lobby control. <clears throat> if you take a look at round 20, it's what Soulcast was normally doing. Soulcast wasn't normally running past the utility. He was normally doing a little loop in A lobby. Look at him on the minimap here. He runs forwards and he just runs away again. He's like running into a lobby, I guess for the sound cue and to bait out utility, and then he just runs out again. And that was Solcas's normal thing to do. Look at him, he's just kind of doing these like running peaks. They're probably... That's a pretty interesting idea, honestly. Like obviously everywhere else that's been using Neon, it's very, uh, it's very much like the single-celled organism stage compared to Liquid and how they use it. Like using Neon just to bait peak and to force utility and then leave versus just running through it like how Optic was doing, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think I like he's that. looking. For, he's looking for an operator. He's looking to see whether they're breach stunning and sucking. He like 
He's anticipating that London are going to throw counter utility, right? He's like, okay, they know I'm neon. They know I'm going to run through a lobby. Let me try and, you know, jiggle peek, force something out, see where we're at afterwards. Um, that was kind of lacking from Victor's game, I think, just purely because of the experience. But also it means that they don't actually get that neon value in a lot of the rounds because they're scared it's getting countered. So Remember how everyone used to think how broken op was in like early stages of the game maybe neon is finally just a really late development to that it's like well you can just run past the op <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> you can slide under the bullets like matrix early op was insane though it, it was. was it was really strong yeah. <laughs> that was an insane guy. also there was no like there was no like smokers like Ash yeah. or current brim i mean to, like, it, it's a testament so, to how insane yeah. it was because i mean tsm were dominant <laughs> <laughs> Just right. cheap Good shots. No. Sorry, Just I, cheap, I, shouldn't. I honestly shouldn't. Cheap shots. All right, fucking know. Maui snake. I do know that reference. I do know that reference. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it happen on Twitter. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good so, stuff. Um, this game ended I up being pretty close, though. London United was mad prep for it, though. I'll be honest. Like, I don't even think they adapted, like, at all. Um, mm. There was so many moments that... Well, number one, uh, Molesy was just dashing past half the time the stuns they were using in a lobby and that was like a big part of it but on the attacking side the way they were abusing emp was insane i don't know if you saw the clip i posted in this game yeah uh, way 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 up um yeah, where they nine. shock yampy's tp his anchor right as they um right as the lockdown ends and yampy's trying to like abuse the chamber so they could stay and stay and stay and stay until the very last second to get an op pick while the lockdown goes off and he just can't TP and he just fucked because he just yeah. gets locked down. It was sick. There's many moments like that in this entire series. Yeah, right here. They shocked his lockdown right before his uh, TP right before that. So over this entire series, London United continue to impress me. And maybe they're not the best team in individually or whatever, but really fun to watch. Like really fun to watch. Yeah, they're a smart team. They're, they're cool. They're um, putting Lithuania on the map. There's a lot of... There's a lot of good talent in um in that scene actually in in EMEA, but yeah, that's the there weren't that many matches that happened. There was the uh, the Turkish match as well. There was BBL played against SMB, which didn't go the way that a lot of people were expecting. BBL ended up taking that one, but both of those teams are kind of languishing at the bottom, and SMB is yet to. I, I think they get to win a map, aren't they? Something horrendous Wait, really? like that. I don't know. Maybe they have won a, a couple, but it's been really bad running for hey, SMB. Right. No map wins. Yeah, no map wins across no their four wins? matches so far for SMB, no. including yeah. against BBL, who they would domestically, <clears throat> I think, be slightly favored against. Anyway, it's been rough time to be a Turkish fan. Obviously, but the, the Turkish no meme. Oh, no oh three wins. matches. Sorry. Uh, obviously, the Turkish scene has crazy talent, but uh, it, it's it's not working at the moment. It's not working. Um, mm -hmm. let's go on to some EMEA Week Five predictions, though, because Week Five is actually going to have some. Uh, big games returning, hopefully, as long as everything works out for them. Um, so we have a little new addition to the show. Kurt's been working on some stuff, and we'll see whether we'll see whether it works. It works. It should work. It should work. <laughs> so we now have running stats of how good people's predictions I don't, were. I don't like that. Mm. I do. I do. I like it. <laughs> I'm not so, a fan of that. So. I Let's take a look. Let's take a look at last week's stats. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. Any That's predators? Crazy. Any good predictions? That's 
crazy. You only include last week's stats. That's some bullshit. No, we have to start somewhere. Oh, we have ah, to start there it somewhere. is. There's the total uh, record. Oh, that's a lot Olo, of welcome to the good Wait, prediction. Why the fuck welcome. did you use like some ghetto ass picture of me from my stream and you guys get all uh, professional? Yo, pictures. send me a good picture. I'll use it. <laughs> welcome to the good prediction club. Anyone else at a 75%? Ooh, so nice. What's what's going on with yours, mate? I'm more of a I'm more of an entertainer when it comes to my preds. <laughs> I also didn't think we'd be recording these. So why have we got this bald in it, Just like uh, by the way, listen, <laughs> I, I pred the code. This one's called the dog shit highlighter. <laughs> I don't pred who I think's gonna win. I pred for the people, for the narratives. Ah, uh, for the people, for the masses. I've always I've always done this. Okay. I appreciate that. Well, let's have a look. There's then. not a single thought behind my eyes. These are the games coming up for this week for in EMEA. We're going to start things off with London United, the team that Barla was impressed with. They are facing off against Gambit. And everyone's gone with Gambit. Okay, everyone Gambit. Okay. Uh, yeah. Could still be a cool game, though. Gambit did get upset last time by FPX. Um, I actually think that's a team, by the way, that when the new patch changes go live, like, I don't know if they're going to be hurt, but I am wondering to see, like, with all the changes to Viper and to Astro, like, what does Gambit look like moving forward? You know, like, true. how does this change their game? Like, are they going to put more emphasis on Redgar, like, fragging? Are they going to, like, do some other interesting shit with just like you know there, there's a lot of options for them to change like how they stylistically look yeah yeah but one way we didn't we didn't even talk about was the viper nurse and that's a huge yeah. nats nerf the fucking yeah. way that he looks. yes and i guess he hasn't really been playing that much viper uh a lot but yeah 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 but also you won't be able to see that in the game against london you'll have to wait until the no. playoffs so no. no but that was answering <laughs> a previous question True. from like 45 minutes ago that i had to answer <laughs> okay nice. well the next Good. game then is fpx the team that took down gambit playing against team liquid and everyone's gone <laughs> I, liquid. I, I low key i'm looking at this game and thinking there is a chance of an upset happening here because sure. liquid have looked yeah. mortal they haven't looked as good as they did during their lcq run and fpx have had moments of just individuals playing brilliantly, getting um, getting artists on the jet, getting Zipan on the Rays or the Rainer or whatever, and just getting in their faces. I think I think it could end up being a banger. It's that old. Yeah. I mean, yeah. artists playing against his former team didn't cool didn't game. pred them though, did you? No, I didn't pred them because Liquid is still the favourites. But we need to have like a visual representation of the predictions to where like it also weighs how heavily we think it could swing either way. So I want it to be like a scale, and it's like a bunch of chips. Are you going to eat your like, little? It looks like you're eating there? your little. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to put the predictions in a spot where it wouldn't get in the way, but your framing doesn't help. Tastes like innovation. <laughs> All right, the next game is Navi playing against Big. Who have we got in Navi Big? And everyone's come for Navi. I think that makes sense as well. I yeah, think Navi are a good team. Yeah, yeah Big have kind of struggled. Really, really good. Bigger big kind of struggle since their qualification run. So mm -hmm. uh, maybe a bounce back. Okay, the next game, though. The next game will be a banger, all right? Next game will be a banger. Both of these orgs Surely have the best teams someone. in EMEA Game Changers. It's G2 against Guild. Okay, someone's got... Oh, everyone got <laughs> <laughs> Guild. Guild. Everyone got Guild. Guild. Fair, I did make this prediction before. Uh, I watched the G2 game, and I think it's going to be way closer Ooh. now. But it's still Guild favored. Yeah. yeah. Well, as long as... As long as uh, G2 don't give them all of the map vetoes, then they have a chance. <laughs> they have a chance. All right. Okay. Listen. This next one, though. This next one is going to be... Someone's gone for a big one. BBL 
against Ascend, the reigning champions. And everyone's going you, for the Ascend. You, you said this I one's going to be going for it. You think this one's going to be a big one? This no, one's this one's going to be a big one, one really? Okay, the yeah. next one. The next one. The next <laughs> there's one. one. That's, there's only one more game left. SMB, <laughs> the team that hasn't won a map yet against Fnatic. <laughs> everyone's going for Fnatic. I don't think so. Uh, wow. Man, we really do need some entertainment factor in this brand. Like, come yeah. on, this is boring. Yeah, sorry. We need, I, we need I, a I mean, enjoyers. listen, uh, I said I, I predded for the people, but I got to catch up. I mean, honestly, there are still some good games, even though we've predded them all. I think London Gambit, FPX Liquid, and G2 Guild, those are three actually good games this week in EMEA, even though they all have a favorite and an underdog. Those, yeah, the other three games. But most games have a favorite and an underdog. So, mm. you know, that's just... There's True. wrong with that. True, no. but yeah, this the according to us, it's predetermined <laughs> who's going to win. Well, that's because we don't have our visual scale representation right. of the predictions yet, where we're going to stack true, it up. True, true. Yeah, are you going to work Watch on that? You're going to work on that physical uh, prop. I'm well, I'm, I'm definitely. Yeah, it's going to be a physical prop. It's going to be a cutaway <laughs> gag where we put giant <laughs> chips on it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, let's talk about North America instead, shall we? Uh, let's begin with my favorite topic: hundred thieves. Um, yeah, I don't know whether we have the rights to Chopin's funeral march, but it's yeah, they've bummed out. They got zero wins. Um, they have so far zero wins. So far, they can still play EG. Yeah, think about that, huh? True, battle of the bottom tier. Yes, group A. Yes. So 100 Thieves have been eliminated from VCT without winning a match. And uh, let's just talk a bit about their game against Exet. They obviously put themselves in a tough position, but um, did they have a chance? I think they had some chance here. I mean, I yeah. They, they managed actually to get... I mean, Exet usually second band split, and 100 Thieves have been trying to play a lot of split. I know the community's been in uproar about the pick in general, but against Exet, it made some sense. And yeah. then it ended 13. Again, walked away from this thinking Exet fracture needs work. Like, I don't know. Uh, definitely, you could see some work that had been put in by 100 Thieves on fracture. They had some like set plays. I, I didn't grab clips of this because I'm lazy. And also, we're just talking generalities about 100 Thieves. I thought, sure, why not just watch the VOD at some random moments play out? But yeah, Split was painful. Split was painful on the attack side, man, because they ended up banning Icebox as a, in their second round of bans to go to Split. And I think I was coaching them at the time, and I said, this, I don't mind the Split pick if they've learned from their mistakes from last week, where the only time they showed initiative and took a ramp control on attack was when uh, Bang was playing and used Dog and Util. Like, and they would play it with Hiko together. And then they switched Bang to Breach. So they didn't even have the Dog anymore to take space. And it just... The same issues just kept cropping up on our attack side. And it just felt slowly but surely... It was like watching a balloon deflate at a child's birthday party. And it was the only balloon they could get. And, it, and it, just so, it was so sad to watch, man. It was so sad. And also, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just, it was just sad. Can we, um, Kurt, I know we didn't pull this clip beforehand, but if you go to twitch.tv slash nadeshot and look at his oh. most viewed clips oh, boy. of oh. the week. No, no, no. Come I, on. It's not. But, Kurt's ragging on you, bro. Why are you fucking trying to rub it in, man? I'm not trying to rub it in, but 
My fucking god, it was so funny. Like, it was a funny moment. It was, it was so very funny. Dude, the diffuse the, the at the end of Breeze. Oh, dude, this. This. I mean, this is just. Oh, he's bad. so excited. Oh. And then he realizes that they just stuck the diffuse. Oh, God, that's so painful. Oh, and that is just oh. all seven stages of grief. And then Bro. you have, like. You just have the what's looking like the Grim Reaper, Tanner Metro, and Mimi. Like they're all black for hundred thieves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. I mean, that that clip was uh, hilarious, but also I do really respect how much the guy cares about the success of the team. It it just doesn't it doesn't bleed into the team at all. Uh, but it's it's nice to see him so invested. Yeah, there's not many owners who are that invested. No, but and also willing is to. Double-edged sword. I it is. It is not a double-edged sword because people yeah, are seeing that, and it's, I mean the guy's just getting clowned on, but he does care clearly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, channel that into the improvements. You know. Yes, but also rough situation for the the players too. I mean, did you see Hiko's um was saying on a stream about the scenario? There's a clip of Hiko. I'm gonna paraphrase it where yeah. he was saying about where some of the issues might have arisen basically in terms of them picking up Eccles and why didn't they sort out the chemistry issues beforehand and trials. And it's essentially alluding to they were trying to pick up a CS player and they got Austin turned around. Yeah. And so the decision-making was done very late, which again just points back to the fact that I don't think it was planned out particularly well in terms of the building of the team and, well, and how to improve some, it. But sometimes teams do get screwed by, you know, like off-season Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it does, it does happen. But... but uh, listen, I, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse. I still think that's poor GMing, though, yes. at that point. But I've already, I've already said it before, too. Why are they looking at a CS player? The game's been out for two years. Like, yeah, I mean, Valorant especially when you look at, like, right guard and version one and stuff like that. Like, you don't need to be getting old uh, guard CS players anymore. You don't it, need it. it. I mean, what the rumor was Breeze, who mm -hmm. was Ethan's former teammate. So, yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And also, they got jerked around by Nitro and Elise for a long time. Gosh, like, yeah. That entire rumor yeah. where it's like Nitro and Elite, you're gonna leave Team Liquid, and it's gonna be a three-game swap or some shit. Like that was the rumor at one point, yeah. and yeah. this never happened. So yeah, I, I think people do realize or do forget about how little. I mean, there was what three months, but how fast that can go away when you're trying to work trials into the entire schedule, and then there's I mean, also you're not the other trialing teams working a CS player though. If you're bringing them over, no. you're not going to trial them. But yeah, after that falls to pieces, yeah. Either way, okay, the situation is what it is. 100 Thieves have got to look towards the future. Um, do you think Bang and Stani are involved in that future? Do you think that either they did well enough or they fit in the team well enough or any of that kind of thing? Because... I think Nadeshot specifically said, thanks to Bang and Starly for filling in. I think that those were his words on the stream, which, you know, that's a literal, probably contractual reality. They're not, they haven't probably been signed to three-year contracts like Baby J was. So, well, 100 Thieves now matters, have a decision to, to work for in the future. Do you think Bang and Starly are part of that? I think they should be. I've always been a big fan of JC Stani. I think Bang is like pretty flexible. Like he, he fills a lot of issues like the team. He's been thrown into a lot of like shitty team situations between like TSM to now. Like I think those are two players that if you're looking forward to the future, like I don't see why you can't at least at the very least retrial them when you're rebuilding the team, you know, and like work around seeing like, will they remain, will they be able to fit into this team moving forward? But 
I don't think there's anything wrong with keeping them there in that roster. In my personal opinion, I think they have like good hero pools. They have a lot of different experiences. They have IGL experience. Like they can play a lot of different roles. Like it's two players that are just, they're very good. They're good pieces to have. I'm worried about the role overlap and where the IGLing comes from too. I think Stanny has said in the past that he doesn't like IGLing. He likes being a secondary IGL. I don't know whether Ethan wants to continue it. I don't know whether Ethan really wants to play Sova again in the future. I also don't know whether Asana should really be playing the jet role and you have like Asana, Bang, and Ethan all with flex experience on the team. The, in my opinion, it seems like a good time to start from the ground up and that would necessitate letting go of Bang and Stani and kind of thinking out a whole new vision, um, even though I think they're good players. Um, what, what, what would your vague approach be, Bala? Like, if you were just starting square one? Ethan and Asuna. Um, that means no Hiko. No Jesse Stani, no Bang. I don't think those guys are championship caliber anymore. Well, Hiko, not anymore. And Bang and Jesse Stani, I don't think they're there yet. I think with more experience at a high level, yes, maybe. And... I think 100 Thieves could be that space if they want it to be, but I don't think they want to be. I think they want to be going to champions. I think they want to be contesting for winning champions. Um, and I don't think they can do that with JC, Stanley, and Bang. Asuna and he Ethan? Yes. Okay. Um, well, but uh, what about what's this? available? Yeah, who, who's available? Because if you, if you do start with a bit of a rebuild and you need, let's say you need an IGL or you need those stage two getting let's assume the next tournament's in berlin like you're trying to get to berlin right now you need shot and you're like well holy shit we've got to make some moves we've got to get to berlin your choices seem even more limited than they were at, towards the end of the off season i don't know who the hell you pick up as an igl mm. do, do I mean, you have comms, to just go with Ethan? comms available come from a crew yeah comms potentially from a crew but uh, is he championship caliber you, mm, you have I mean, to make concessions what? somewhere because of the pool available are you expecting immediate results as well? Like, well, you kind of have to yeah. be if you're 100 Thieves, no? You you need results for the next Masters tournament if you have any chance sure, of making but, champions. but there's time from now until when they are playing in the open quals. Two months. Yeah, but not, but not, until, a, not, a, not, a, not a ton of time to I'm build new roster June? and make them gel. No, open, uh, open qualifiers oh, are probably going to be straight after like May. Reykjavik, right? So they're probably yeah, going to yeah, be May. Really early May. Yeah, they don't Maybe have that much time here. So, My take on this is... I, I hold the uh, the opinion that I, I actually think Asana is quite good on Jet. It's clear that he's been putting a lot of time into it. I understand people's issues with that take, which is that he's an amazing flex player, if not one of the best flex players in North America. At times, he showcased that, and you're kind of pulling him away from that role, which doesn't really make sense. But it's what you were saying, Josh, as well earlier about the overlapping of the roles doesn't make sense within the team in terms of having all of these pieces that currently are just trying for fit like they're just trying to fit in roles where they're not necessarily specialized or don't have the experience in um it comes down to again i'm going to be a broken record when i say this but every time i talk about these struggling teams it's it's just it's the pre-planning when you're building the roster in the first place with a vision and a plan and i think jc standing and bang are fantastic players if you wanted to include that in a grander plan but it might mean you have to uh, end up removing Ethan in a weird circumstance that would be, despite the fact that Ethan is a, a fantastic player and then it leaves you with the IGL gap. Right. You but just mean he might not fit into a He might not fit into a team or a vision in the future. Asuna is a player I think I would absolutely build around and I wouldn't have issues building around Asuna and Bang as that jet flex kind of duo. 
Um, sure. And JC Stanley, I think, showcased that he was a very... Uh, when I was watching JC Stanley's POV, he's a very intelligent player about the way he thinks about a game. And he's willing to take an intelligent fight and then back away. He thinks about the grander scheme of like a given round and, and what the percentage play is rather than ego taking another duel, feeling it in the moment. He's, he's quite smart in that regard. He doesn't obviously put up the biggest numbers because in this case, he was just playing Astra basically for the entirety of... I mean, he actually was putting up some pretty big numbers. So, yeah, 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 he was. When I mean, that was when we oh, were making the claims of him, you know, playing for his contract or whatever for, for yeah. both the players. But yeah, I think Hiko is clearly playing the Viper. I, I actually think that it might have been in the grander scheme of 100 Thieves. The reason they kept playing these maps like Fracture and Split when it requires so much coordination with such a new team, I was thinking, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? And it's probably because, I mean, Hiko has only really ever played the, the Viper and the Sova for them. So they want to put him on maps where he's still playing the Viper. I mean, he's, he was switching to the Sentinel role, but... I think he literally did that played in the Viper. I think he played Viper. He played every Viper VCT in all game. the Challengers yeah. match so after the it's, switch. I think that played into that fact of yeah. like, obviously, if Hiko is having to play the Viper because that's the role he is comfortable on, with Ethan taking the Silver away from him, that's again, that's just a drawback from from my perspective of looking him uh, him as a player. He's got a lot of history, a lot of experience, but you need to you need to just be always evolving with the game and if you're just going to be stuck in those roles and holding the team back that's not a player i would want to build around i do feel sad for hiko the fact that the game in which they lost was on his birthday yeah he had that is tragic he had a really poor performance with some notably like bad moments I, yeah. that were I, you know they stood out and then also it might be the last time you actually see him in pro play i think it's it's a likely outcome that he could end up getting removed from the team and just moved into a content creator role i don't know whether he wants to do that whether yeah. he would continue to actively look for opportunities elsewhere but that might be Definitely. the last time you see the guy that was known for all of these massive clutches in valorant yeah. um his, by the way his clutch rate when i looked it up is half what it was in 2021 i mean that's the thing that he's known for and he's but also, he, I, I feel rate. like there's like, I'm, I'm surely there has to be some differences in the situations for these clutches as well. Like just because of like where the pre-round leads up to this, like like having a more functional team. Well, I mean, you're just looking at averages. So yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, also, like even I think, though the stats are different, like I think just the team situation probably plays a. What, I don't think it does really. No, watching his POV, mostly. he's in similar situations as what he was previously, where he's in these clutch scenarios. He I think the so major many one v ones and one v twos compared to what you would expect from him. The last major year. difference is everybody is looking at, at Hika right now as the a lot of it's it's human nature I think to try and quantify problems into just one big thing and like oh if we remove this player then this the, the problem will be solved or like oh why are they doing this like we're we're looking for just one big problem and right now the narrative is that Hiko is that big problem and it always has been actually for quite some time like people have been screaming out from the mountaintops but it. In the past, I don't think it ever got to him because he still put up the clutches and the team was still seeing some success, you know, the finishing top four. But in this scenario, there, there's never been more scrutiny on him as a player, especially right here, right now. And you could see that materialize in the 1v1 clutches and in the clutch performances. And he's playing a role like the Viper where he's not as comfortable because he's basically only played Silver his entire career playing the game. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I do feel for him, man. I mean, you could, you could, I could see the pressure mounting and it affecting his play in those scenarios. Yeah. Anyway, 100 Thieves have been the 100 Thieves in TSM we've talked about more this year than any other teams and they haven't been the top teams <laughs> at all. So I think it's time to move on with our North American discussion. 
uh, Sentinels played against Rise this week, and it was a pretty decent game, actually. Rise started off with a win on Haven. Sentinels squeaked out the victory afterwards. They looked pretty good in the second map, third map overall, but that first one got uh, pretty wonky. And Rise themselves have been up and down. But overall, Sentinels still have a pretty strong record. They're guaranteed into playoffs, whereas a team like Optic aren't. Um, what, do you th what do you think about this game overall? This was... I thought this was a bit of a weird one, personally. Yeah, I really like this game, honestly. It does, definitely was weird, but this is the best I've seen Rise play the entire time, even though they lost. Um, I feel like they actually almost eclipsed, not eclipsed, that's a bad way to say it, but they were LCQ form plus, in my opinion, um, because the executes that they have uh, on Haven, on Bind, actually, every single map were pretty clean. It felt rehearsed, it felt really nice. Uh, and Sentinels was still able to deal with it pretty well. I mean, you still see the gaps that we talked about last week, Josh argued about uh, with Sentinels, but at the same time, they still have that Sentinels magic. There there was some bullshit in this series. Like, yeah. <laughs> from Sentinels' perspective, like Stake, Tens, Shazam in some instances, uh, a little ridiculous, but I, I still... I still don't see Sentinels not making a top four, at least, at the very least, and I still have high chances for them to make Reykjavik just because they're Sentinels and they have that level of magic in a sense. I mean, definitely with this new patch, I think it's so good for them because I really sure. do think that they were falling behind on this current this current meta, this current like way that the top teams are playing. Uh, yeah. But with a, with a bit of a reset button, this team's individual talent can shine even more than it did before. And mm -hmm. they have so much individual talent. Yeah, I mean, this, this is what I was talking about, by the way, just like this anti-eco where uh, Rise just pushes um, and they actually have a flash for Shanks through his smoke. Like stuff like that has been completely missing from Rise. They've like attempted it, but oftentimes they get stuck before even that, that happens. Um, that push on A was happening frequently. You can pull up the next clip too, but there is still pitfalls in how Rise plays. And oftentimes it comes when Shanks is dead and they try to do the same execute. They just don't have the space to build and take back sight. And Sentinels is really, really easy, uh, able to take, take it apart. And there's also flubs like missing a smoke and just generally Sentinels and uh, Sentinels is really good at taking advantage of those situations, which um, I think carries them uh, ahead of everything else. You could also pull up the next clip. There was mistakes on both ends, in my opinion. At least I'm only going to break down a couple rounds from Haven. Um, where Sentinels and Shazam is thinking like too much about the situation. This is a, a thing that was happening on Haven where they do the regular thing, the same old thing that Sentinels always does, where they're trying to take a lobby control, they smoke, they dart, whatever, and then Tens takes the angle. They smoke here, and Shazam's trying to find out if uh, they actually come uh, down short with the smoke. And the way that he drones actually gives them misinformation, and eventually I think there's, there's something else that tells them that, oh, this is clear. He breaks the drone from that side. He peeks short. And then he leaves Tens. And Tens is, uh, or who is this? Dapper. Dapper with the with the chamber roll is holding the angle. And Shazam thinks he can rotate. So he rotates. And then Shanks just pounces on them. And they take advantage of the situation in a really, really nice way. Again, something that I haven't really seen Rise really do much um, yeah. in all the of their games. They comboed the knife here to stop Dapper being able to teleport away and then collapsed onto mm -hmm. him. It was pretty lovely. And this is the kind of stuff that Sentinels doesn't do on their attack side, is like take A lobby, return to A lobby, explode out of A lobby. 
But that is really nice. The knife and then the collapse from Shanks. Really yep. good. And it just means that you're so you're so close to the site, so all of your utility can explode on at once. When Sentinels was on their attack half haven, they were like trying to throw their util on when they were doing a C split, they would like throw it from grass. They'd be like popping their their seekers and their flashes and stuff like that from so far back that it gives the anchors a ton of time to get set up, yeah, put down their own utility, put the pull, put the molly. You know, like they, it feels like they were missing some crucial element in the meta right now, which is why I think next meta, when you can just go faster or mm -hmm. you can be more fluid, I think that's going to be Comps so much get a better bit for simpler. Them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. Rise, it though. It felt like a return to Rise, right? I, well, mean, I like, like it felt like rise was finally the rise i was thinking they were going to look like all group stage and they just hadn't really shown for me until this match like it was still wonky as hell though this entire series i think at times but. yeah we still got i don't know man i still don't know what to think about rise hot and cold rise where they just have these these moments well, of... i mean they very much very likely it might be out of playoffs here if optic can beat knight so it's like they come Right at the worst time what uh, it, to be their match. They still have and to win their match. The, they still have to win their match, and Optic has to lose their match. It's yeah, like, uh, it's very uh, unlikely circumstances. On a new patch, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, the way that, the way the that Rise ended up playing, I, I kind of feel like it might favor Rise in, in a new patch as well as a team. Like, if we're thinking about teams that might improve, we, we were on the topic earlier, but... Um, in general, that I don't know. They they off the back of like poise calling. It's very much like um, trying to grab an advantage during the mid rounds. Like maybe somebody contacting in, and then poise makes a big call, like a big rotation or maybe just a fake play. I think they could do well in in the kind of uh, in the environment, the agents that are going to be played. Assuming like Brim gets played a lot more and less of the Astra, I guess. Mm. God, Zom's got destroyed by those recon darts as well when he was playing on C. Uh, Dapper actually had, uh, in this round, he uses, I think, his rendezvous to get back into the site, right? Well, he just teleports in behind. Yeah, I think he teleported <laughs> back into back plat to help Zom's backside. He's not there to be able to break the recon, but he can kind of flood rotate with the, um, yeah. with the rendezvous. I yeah. love the setup that KO players are doing now as well, where... I don't know if they've only just started doing it recently, but I've been noticing it more recently where they just play on default box. They pop flash out the side, mm. like right on top of that box, and then they play off the contact of one of their players. Yeah. And it's just so yeah. it's so awkward because you're at the different elevation all the time. Anyway, yeah, I think I think the patch will favor both these teams as well. Just a return to fundamentals is the way I see this upcoming meta in week five. Um, we'll see though. But yeah, I, I mean, I, it could, could end up benefiting both these teams in this. I kind of... Disagree for Rise, um, specifically because I feel like a large part of why they struggled this season was they were trying to implement the meta, but I don't think they quite understood. Like, I'm thinking specifically like their Ascent matches, the way that they're using the KO. Mm -hmm. I don't think they quite understood what was good about the comp. Maybe they did, but oftentimes they're just not getting value out of KO, out of a lot of different things. So I think that it might take them a minute um, because Poise is a great IGL, don't get me wrong. But in those moments, it was do or die by the calls, and sometimes the calls are just not correct. No, for sure. I think you know Poise has been struggling a little bit as IGLing in this meta, like this patch. I 100% I agree with that um, in some of it. But that, that's, that's kind of why I think, though, like when, when you're saying like Neptune's not really working with the rest of his team with his KO util, yeah, they're definitely behind in that regard. Some, some KO players 
they don't really play as much for their util to set their team up. Like, I think Zelsus is the prime example of a player that uses KO to set his team up for great advantages. You know what I mean? Hey, Victor I, was doing I, it really well as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that in this game, he was great. Neptune was great. There's yeah, a lot of individuality in this game. First, first, he was like getting his stuff down and, and it was good. So, no. Yeah. In um, the beginning, yes, I agree though. Do we want to tackle the ladder two maps or should we move on to the next game, Bala? I don't have anything specific for the next two maps, like breakdowns or anything like that. Um, if you want to talk generally, I think that Bind, for example, showed exactly why Sentinels is good, um, which is they go for simple stuff. People understand what is happening when they take a site, but it's not pre-planned. It's not like crazy utility dumps or anything like that. They just know what angles need to be cleared, and that's how they end up winning. There was some bullshit, for sure. Um, <laughs> There's there's a couple rounds that I did put in there that are some bullshit. Like uh, let's see, show me the bullshit. 10, send, round ten, send bullshit is what I. What I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just continues happening for Sentinel. So there's Shazam is really good at calling in this game. So yeah, this is a anti eco. There's three or frenzy's going all over the place, and ten just runs at him with a vandal, and Ren sprays headshots him. Okay, very nice. And then yep. eventually they go down to a one v two. And sick um, has some bullshit happen at the final situation. They they don't get a kill here for some reason. Somehow when they triple peak one dude or two dudes, <laughs> I don't get it. And then yeah, this is what happens. Yeet. Running around. Oh yeah. my god, that is ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? That is mad. You can't do that with a vandal. Can't do no, that with a vandal. You can't do that with a vandal. Ken's did it. I don't uh, did it like two <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> well, he, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, they're mad skill. But those are the type of situations that Sentinels will probably just continue to, like... Surely the bullshit will just be amplified in the next patch in 4.04, you know? like Because it's going to feel like, oh, it's bullshit, but it's not really bullshit at times. It's just, like, individual skill with strong timing positioning with a sprinkling of the Valorant bullshit in there. You know? <laughs> and being more chaotic, for sure. <laughs> a little yeah. sprinkle. Just a sprinkle. A sprinkle of the game being fundamentally broken. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, Knights played against NRG as well, and it was kind of a breakout performance for Knights, I think. They had one of those big games where, all right, now you've got to really start respecting this team. They can do something here. And they have uh, qualified, right? They yeah, have they officially made office. it through. They are, at the moment, qualified, whereas Optic are not, despite the In fact that they're behind. In a weird way, but yeah. yeah very yeah. strange. But uh, yeah, the NRG... They were looking good in some of their games. They come into the nice game. NRG remove Ascent, which is Knight's best map. And NRG get to play on Breeze. They've got um, they've got Haven at the end that NRG don't mind playing at all. Mm -hmm. And it just looked limp. It yeah. looked like I, Knights were a much fundamentally better team. Well, it, it, started, it, it was looking limp towards the end, I think, as well. Because there were moments where it was it was back and forth, and I, Hayes as an individual wrangled it back. Hayes um, was the best fragger for a lot Hayes of this series. owned, yeah. man. Um, but honestly, a lot of the narratives over the course of these maps, in particular the, the first half of Breeze and Haven as a whole, was a bit of a jet diff with Ban just dominating in terms of finding opportunities for his team like obviously you look at the numbers here Ziff is ahead of him in terms of the kills and whatnot but that's mainly off the back of ban being able to just consistently get the first pick or just set up whatever with the op i mean i i pulled some clips as well on breeze for the first half of this one you can go to uh the notes are working thankfully uh, the round six the first one where ban 
is being set up to be pushed into Cave and Breeze. And this was something that they were doing a couple of times, but yeah, they were, they were shoving a bunch of utility into Cave and Breeze, pushing Ban into these four positions. He'd get a pick, and he'd back off. And it, and it felt like NRG were being caught unaware by that a couple of times, like, uh, over the course of it. But it was just that consistent value that Ban was providing. And, it, like, even just skipping ahead until, I think, like, 40, 50 seconds into this round. Could have had another there. Just he, <laughs> he does just consistently get these picks. Like, he gets one here as well as he's just watching into Nest. He knows that they've been lurking into mid, so there's always the possibility his team's locking down that area. He was, he was absolutely frying, man. He was frying. And then he clutches out the, the rest of this round as well when NRG go for these late hits. And this, this first half only started to get wrangled back into the control and hands of NRG when Hazed was honestly just bringing the magic, honestly. In my eyes, I was looking at it as a bit of an experience diff. The guy's been in this scenario so many times where you're at the, um, off the back in these, in these rounds when you're losing, and he was clutching out some, some I don't know, yeah, some unbelievable rounds for them. Um, for, um, for NRG, though, too, rounds like this where you're just getting picked apart by Ban, it's not necessarily Ban hitting something crazy or getting pressured and, you know, doing something amazing under pressure. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of my rank games where your team doesn't control any of the map. And then they get peaked and they die and you're like, oh, fuck. And then another person's like, I'll make a play and yeah. peaks and dies. But you don't actually control any space. You don't, you don't point out own anywhere. Off of this as well, this first map, look at Android's KD stats here. Yeah. He did not get value on the chamber at all. And he's one he of had five in first kills. Four kills on the first half, two kills in the second half. And they, they're on defense side on the second half, where it should theoretically be easier for a chamber player to find that value as much. Yeah. Rather than the pressure being on him to try and, you know, get the picks or whatever. You know the bad um, thing too? Scuba didn't even have that crazy of a series. Normally Scuba has a really outsized impact. His best map was bind and it was the map yeah. they lost. Yeah. Um, He's like plus five, you know, just like really decent performances, but yeah. nothing crazy. And then, I mean, I guess his bind was pretty crazy, but... Overall in the series, not lighting the world on fire like he sometimes does, and they still comfortably handled NRG. Yeah. I uh yeah, I thought that the breeze was really dominated by just the early momentum that Ban was able to build up with those those first picks. And uh yeah, NRG just couldn't quite shut it down. Bind was a different story. It was a weird one as well. We don't have to look at it too long because when I was watching Bind, they completely switched out their comp NRG. They're playing the the kind of like the EU comp. Yeah, they're, they're playing, playing the Ascend, playing the Ascend yeah. comp. And um, I was wondering, like, ooh, okay, they're playing this, but is this just something they're pulling out? But they actually played it pretty well. They had a great understanding. It was, like, slowly taking map control. Um, there might be a clip that really... completely different than, like, what we saw with Ascend earlier. Like, yeah, round 16. Different. They were throwing, like, Team Liquid slows, you know, over bathroom, over long, like, that type of yeah. thing. To, like, they also really walled short and died. <laughs> so yes, yeah, that happened a few times. Yeah. That happened a few times. I'm not gonna say it was better than Ascend, Bala. <laughs> this I, I thought I this round That's not what I was trying to claim at all. <laughs> this round was a great example of just how because I was worried about their attack side basically. Right. Like how are they gonna play this on attack side? But they had a great understanding. In the minimap, what you can't see on the other side is that they're slowly contacting and taking space in B long as well, while they're pressuring showers this entire time. They're forcing Knights to use utility. The, the, this entire map felt a bit like Knights didn't know how to play against this mm. as much. And so, like, especially the double duelist comp, it runs out of utility quick if you're just, it just gets dragged out of you. Mm. And so NRG were playing a pretty good game on this comp. I, I don't really have much else to, to talk about regarding this. I think some Sage as well, the guy was um, popping off sometimes. Like, they were finding it difficult yeah. to get past the Sage utility. 
Um, but they would, yeah, they would do this where they would slow play on the attack, they cut noise. Knights had no idea what the hell was going on because they just weren't taking the initiative in terms of taking the map control on defense side, which sometimes I think you need to do with a double duelist comp if you play on bind. I have a question for you all. Yeah. Can Knights do any serious damage in the playoffs? I think so. Is this a team okay. that can get an upset, can actually knock somebody out, can do something interesting? Or is it just going to be like def they, they just... It's them and LG are the weakest teams I, in the playoffs. People have been sleeping on Knights. I, I, I'll say this before. I mean, you guys can take the point. I've been talking. People no, are talking go, go, the go, entire go. time. But I, I think every single week they've been making improvements. They've been getting better and better mm -hmm. in terms of playing off of each other, in terms of having cute little ideas. Their mid-round calls or like their ideas, whoever is doing the IGLing for them. I can't remember who it is. Oh, it's Frosty, right? Frosty. It's yeah. Frosty. They, they've, been, they've been making improvements, I think, week on week, but they've been falling to the wayside and people haven't been looking them at, at them as much because obviously the dominant things we've been looking at have been 100 Thieves or like uh, the other teams that we deem, you know, at the very, very top. But genuinely, if they keep making these week on week improvements, I, I could see it. Who would they yeah, beat though? I mean, I think, I think they could definitely be... I think they're definitively better than... Uh, I kind of feel like they're definitively better than LG right now after that match. Um, I think they look fundamentally like a lot better than them. I think LG leans really heavily still on like Mata and B-Dog, while mm -hmm. Knights, I think, are a little bit more all-rounded, especially like their look over this last match. Yeah, Band dominated, but like, I, I don't know. I, I think they just overall, their math control, like their actual set plays were looking a lot better than what I felt from LG. I've never really like looked at LG and been like, oh, this team is like looking like a really, really well-rounded team. It's always felt like kind of one-dimensional in the way they played. So, okay, let me let me set Knights you up a theoretical confused. bracket here. Let me set you up a theoretical bracket. They Knights would end up fight. Knights qualify. They're in fourth place. They go up against the first seed of Group A. That's let's say it's Cloud Nine. Play against Cloud Nine. I would assume we all think Cloud Nine win that game. They drop down yep. into the lower bracket and they play against the other team that had been beaten in the. Uh, lower bracket. Now, I think they'd match up against a team from their own group at that point, wouldn't they? Because of the way the mm -hmm. bracket would get flipped. So we're talking about them fighting for elimination against Optic, Sentinels, V1. Like, so I think. I think right. that's how a bracket would work. So, can they actually beat any of the teams from their group that they have qualified with? Because at the moment, yes. they only have wins over Ryzen NRG, who are below them. I think they could beat. I think they could beat Sentinels in a rematch. I don't. I don't really have a lot of confidence in them versus version one or Optic currently, though. But in a rematch, I think Sentinels. They could beat Sentinels. Like if they had the same form that they did in their past, their in the match in NRG, because they looked really, really good. And if Sentinels also maintained the same form they had in their latest match, where it was good, but it wasn't anything crazy. It was just very fundamental, like extremely fundamental gameplay. I mean, so, that would be a that would be an absurd way for Sentinels to go out. Losing the, think, losing the first round and then just get instead by Knights in I the lower. I think people think that, though, because, like I said, I don't think people have been paying close attention to Knights as much. They, I, another thing that blindsides people is the Ascent pick, where people say, oh, they're so good at Ascent. And when you look at their Ascent, I see holes all over the place with Knights as Ascent. Mm. It's just teams don't know how to play into the Sage. But they have been making improvements, I think. I, I don't know. Don't. Okay. You can't sleep on this team. Yeah, I okay. mean, I, yeah. I think a realistic scenario is in your bracket is that they actually somehow, I don't know how they would take the third seed, but this match, I guess they'd have to beat Optic and that doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, I think they could beat Sentinels. Um, I think they're better than Exet and Luminosity in Group A. That's where I'd rank them. Okay. You think they're better than Exet right now? I actually don't 
hate. I actually, I definitely think Luminosity and Exet. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was kind of sleeping on Knights a little bit because I didn't like their earlier matches. I was like, eh. But then the more I watched them, I'm like, I, I do feel kind of confident in their form right now comparatively to Exet. I think Exet's been struggling to like find their groove pretty yeah. heavily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have, I also think that your scenario is very likely, and I don't think that they are likely to beat anybody in Group B. Sure, sure, because it's just a tough no, situation no, to be no, in, as you know. Yeah, well, meta, meta change know. is just a phrase you can use for anything. <laughs> it yeah, just increases yeah. the variability on every single match. There's, I'm going to say that every prediction from that. Oh, meta change. Just, just, just to put a cap on NRG as well, because we kind of brushed over them, but. The last two rounds, Kurt, of the final map were great I'm examples of just how, the again, just they faded and the confidence, you could feel it just draining I out of them with their decision-making. It was on Haven. The first half was a close uh, close series, back and forth between them. They managed to pull out some rounds, but then it got to the second half again. And, I mean, it just faded away. Round 15 was just, yeah, I mean, Ban gets this initial pick. The, the EU does the fucking mannequin challenge from 2016. And just stands still and stares <laughs> at him in between the doors. Like, it, it was... It, you could feel in the second half, with every round win that, that Knights got, suddenly the decision-making got indecisive, like, just across the board. Like, the players were grouped up. They weren't confident to take areas of the map by themselves anymore. It, it was Knights just running over them and... and when Banners is consistently getting picks as well off the back of it, the, the entire series, with the exception of like Bind itself, was was really, really dominant from just Ban, and I think in terms of his his impact across the board. If he can keep that going as well, this team He's is cracked. a dangerous team. They are a dangerous team. This he round, played 34 games of ranked afterwards. This round, pay attention to the minimap here, man. They get two <laughs> picks against the bonus of Knights here on the second half. They kill two players who are trying to play, play an aggressive play in A lobby. And they're like, oh, okay, it's, it's around a minute mark. And you've got a two-pick advantage. You're on Haven as the attackers. You could push and pull. You could just take a site with the man advantage at this point. They're probably not going to be gambling anything. And they're just so grouped. They're using a drone to clear through. Oh, are they, are they pushed up close here? And they're just meandering around, slowing around, all grouped up. There's no, there's no like poking in other areas of the map. And they end up just running straight into this setup into C when the time starts trickling down. And, and it just... Wow, they really are so indecisive. It's so... It was so disappointing to watch because I honestly, NRG had so many close series throughout this group stage, and they it, fake a yeah. and they have the side. And it's they like goes. And, and they're trying to fake this, by the way. But then Texas like, oh, we've got the side, by the way, we've got the side for free. Uh, and he's like, makes the call, and they're like, oh, okay, well, let's just run back. And it's just sloppy. It's uncoordinated. The smoke phase. He doesn't expect it. Somehow Ziff gets oh. two of a spectre. Like the players aren't yeah. covering the smoke. Android just dropped the spike to some so he could get knives and then they delay the plan. Yep. It's oof. And then obviously they end up winning out this round. I mean, they've got the Seekers online. Ziff ends up pushing this one. But it's just, it was just sloppy and you could feel it just slipping out of their grasp. And you could feel it happening in the first map on Breeze. And Hayes was the one who wrangled it back in control, in my opinion, with his play. He was often the one who was last like playing another play. And you could tell. There was the discipline being reinstilled back into them, double swinging shit together. It went missing in this third map. And it's, yeah, I was disappointed with, with NRG because they're, they're a good team. They had very close games against some of the best teams in this group with the exception of Optic when they had their resurgence. But yeah, I, I, I'm left wondering, you know, if they were in the other group, would they have made it to playoffs? You know, would we be looking at a different circumstance? Opium. Yeah. 
Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> version 1 played against Optic, actually. And I think this was the game that proved to North America that version 1 are capable of winning against the elite caliber teams. Now, you might say, but Josh, elite caliber teams? Optic haven't even made it through the playoffs. But I think the level that Optic have brought in at least some of their individual maps, if not these major matches, still has Optic in your tier one. At least the Optic is still in my tier one, even after a weird roller coaster of a match, which this was. I, Optic's game against Sentinels. They blasted them on Bind, which was Sentinels' map pick, and then struggled on their own map pick, brought it through in the third map. This match was very similar. First map, Ascent. <laughs> Optic 13 destroy version one, the yeah. same way that they destroyed Sentinels on Bind. Then on Haven, their map pick, okay, there was a weird compositional choice here, but again, it's their map pick and they lose it. This time, the crucial d difference was, it's a third map, it's still a good map for Optic, but they just looked limp. They couldn't get it back together, they couldn't get that mojo back, and they ended up slipping out. So you've got really weird, like, 13-2 dominance from Optic. Then, I think it was 13-5, 13-5, right? And on Haven, they went up 5-1, and then lost 12 rounds in a row. So this series was Bruh. spectacularly strange. It was so weird. But version one played, I mean, like, really, I mean, just play the clip. Kurt, I have the clip of, like, a synth where it's, like, they, I have one clip that sums up a synth. And I just, I just, you just need to play it. You just need to play the clip because I felt like it was just next level. I, oh, I remember the series started, and I'm like, <laughs> he just dashes in and kills him on the pistol round and like obviously they're already so dominant ahead of this but like i feel like version one could get nothing going on a synth this whole time but i didn't even think they played that poorly necessarily no. i just think optic just beat them at every category they outfragged them yeah. their execs were better better their map control was better like they just just beat them they actually just beat them like there's nothing much to it i don't even think v1 played like terribly so that's all that needs to be said about a synth uh realistically like optic was playing an optic they were just playing an optic day. Like, they were just having an incredible moment in time, I think, and they were playing, like, perfect Valorant at that. The real story begins in Haven. And Haven is when version 1 starts doing version 1 things again. I think optics slowed down, like, pretty significantly because that's when version 1 just, like, started being really aggressive because that's what we know version 1 as, is, like, we're insanely aggressive. And, like, they did this thing. We talked about it earlier, Bryn, how Liquid had thought about the Neon Comp so much more. Mm -hmm. But right here, it's, like, they just tried to run through utility with Victor on the Neon like over and over again here in A Lobby. And all version 1 did is like after they noticed that, they just the aggressive pushed A long and just mm -hmm. held it and made sure that as soon as the Neon's trying to get through, they were punishing them on this cross. And then the, the setup just stopped working entirely, <laughs> like often. They were afraid to like aggressively replay I, A Lobby. I love watching Victor just run his little legs around. It was so entertaining. <laughs> Genuinely, it was mad entertaining was watching this. Everywhere. Even though they lost 12 rounds in a row, it was still fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, it was. Um, dude, I, I actually love the series just for the... We, but when we were coming into the series, we were wondering, what can V1 do against an actual top team? They haven't yeah. been tested up to that point. They haven't played against a top team. And we saw prime optic in that first map where not only was... Um, FNS ahead of um, version one in terms of how they were playing, in terms of the, the calling of, of what was going on, the overall game plan. But all the players were playing with confidence, including FNS. FNS was popping the fuck off in Ascent. And then when their quirky strategy started to get figured out by V1, 
I was like, holy shit, V1 are actually for real now. Normally, the difference maker for inexperienced teams, the reason we say they haven't been tested against top teams is because when you get slapped like that in map one, you can't battle back. The momentum is in the hands of Optic, and you cannot wrangle back the, the mental, you know, to, to, to be able to sure. find the wins in the later maps. You can't have that disconnect. A lot of inexperienced teams end up uh, suffering. They, they can't really... I think... They, they can't come yeah. back mentally. But I, version one... They did. But I also think people don't quite remember that version one have LAN experience. Oh, for sure. They've they've yeah. played at Reykjavik. They qualified to Reykjavik. Yeah, it's not the exact same team because, I mean, Whippy yeah. couldn't actually play at the LAN, but yeah, Whippy got them there and they've got Xander in now instead of Vanity. So there's a couple of differences. But the core of this team does actually have experience at that, you know, in those yeah, crunch scenarios. That's a good point. And I think even though at the moment in 2022, there was that question, are they good enough to play at the, like, are they good enough to beat tier one teams? That was still a valid question. The experience showcased here. Absolutely. Yeah, it paid, it yeah. paid out. Mm -hmm. And their, their style, overall style too, just like crushed Optic. Because on top of that, like, sure, they got destroyed on Ascent. Like, that happens. But afterwards, like, I think when you look at Haven, I definitely think the Neon pick did hurt optic a bit because they did not I think, think it, it cooled them off yeah i agree i think it cooled them off I, it was it was like a it was like a nice tzatziki sauce it, it cooled them <laughs> off significantly it just i i like they after aside of running through like the grab wells and the and the fault line on a lobby i don't think they really gave any other thought to like how they wanted to like outside of like we're going to push through utility yeah. quickly and take control of an area but then like we saw it in an earlier clip uh but they they were like when they were going to take sites they didn't like sure they threw the stuns they got into a site fast but they didn't actually worry about too many sight lines they were like not great at like clearing it they didn't have the extra smokes they didn't have extra flashes so they were like they were really relying on these stuns that like hopefully were going to lock people down but they didn't have the extra like control there and you see even here like this is moments where v1 are just able to just roll them on retakes like often like they didn't have like great set plays here and eh, I just felt like V1 additionally thought the whole map just outpaced them. Like anytime they saw rotation, they would rotate through like, let's say they see them in A long, they'd go through A short, just crunch them or like vice versa. Like it happened a lot. And I don't think Optic knew exactly how they wanted to play with Neon outside of like a set few well, circumstances. What I don't understand though, is that your prep coming into this week, they looked so prepped on version one's map pick. They know that Ascent is going to be the map pick. Uh, I don't see how version one could have picked a different map. It just makes the most sense. And so Optic looked insanely drilled on that map, same as they did against Sentinels. But if you're going to go for a Neon comp, you must have put some serious time into this comp. They, they must have done. You don't yeah. pick a Neon Breach comp and just wing it when you've only scrimmed it for a couple of days. There's, there's no way. They must have been playing it seriously for some significant period of time. And I don't really get how their ascent could look so fucking drilled and good, and yet the comp that they have to have put a lot of theory crafting into could look so sloppy. I, I suppose it's just... The unfamiliarity I, I feel like of the it. I think that I think it was V1 itself in that like they maybe it was during scrims or something like or some sort of issue where they hadn't dealt with the team playing with that much that much pace, which like you would expect V1 to be have an incredible amount of pace. It's like that's what they do. Like they they play yeah. very very aggressive on the offense and the defense. And also, what really killed it a bit was on top of that, like Penny just had a heater of a fucking series. Penny really did like yeah, he was dominate. Nasty. Like he's a very honestly like when we talk about underrated 
duelist players, Penny is like kind of high up on the list, I think. And like when we think about how good version one is, we don't really talk too often about like how good Penny really is. I think there was like a stat that came out recently is like Penny's just been like I, I can't remember who was putting the best like, player statistically. Yeah, he's like the best player statistically. I've been I've been gassing this guy up. I've been <laughs> I, I, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. This is not targeting it at us. I'm just saying in general. Like, no, I'm just I know, I know. General, but like for, when we talk about for, like the crack duelist, you when know, I've been on the desk, me. the uh, the people running the graphics uh, keep telling me, "Haven't you already talked about Penny a lot?" Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like run another stat page about Penny. Because <laughs> I yeah, find he's, he's it crazy. amazing the performance that Penny's had, but also the resurgence since stage three last year and i'm harping on the same point again but he fell off a fucking cliff in stage three last year and so stage three lcq i was like ah maybe this guy doesn't really have it anymore but holy fuck he's still got it and the team system working better has just made him work better his chamber looks fantastic his entrying is intelligent and he's popping off this guy's this guy it's is definitely really good it's smart player system. They're Smart so player. fluid. Like we can, we can go ahead and move on from Haven because Haven was like, uh, a, oh, you want to stay on Haven? Haven yet? Okay, I don't what do get you want to do? Optics comp. I, I, I like okay. uh, back to Josh's point about how how prep they are. I know NA is like love. Can you can you show the comp for a sec? I don't. Yeah, dude, I'm still not sold on this A chamber thing. I know on certain maps it's it's good, like uh like Fracture and Icebox where they want an opper and they also like the ability to have the the um. Sentinel, but here on Haven, this is Ye's playground on Jet. It's his fucking playground. He just makes everybody look like silly fools. Even in the last time they were playing this map, like it's just, he's so good. The one v five against Gambit. There's so many memorable moments with Ye yeah, on this are. map, and they just take him off. And it, because they need a breach, they want a breach for Victor um, to have some sort of value, um, and they don't have anybody else to take over that Sentinel role. I think that's a fundamental role issue here with Optic that they are not comfortable moving away from Crashies playing Sova on certain maps. And I think that's an NA syndrome where people are like, we can't play without Sova. And I think if you need the comp to do it, then you can do it. And in certain situations, it makes sense like this, in my opinion. I don't think Optic are going to continue with this comp. I think Haven, no. the big... The takeaway for their side is, let's just keep Ye on Jet on this map. Uh, yeah, it's, it is. it is. They've been able to figure out systems where Victor can carry on some of the other maps. His solo raise has been really good for them when they've played Fracture or, you know, they haven't really played Split very much, but uh, they're Bind, for example, too. But I think Haven should be a Ye Jet map. At the same time, I can't be mad for them trying this in this game. I just wish no. it had looked a bit more... I, I wish it had been a bit more fleshed out, but I'm not mad that they experimented in this moment because... I'm uh, not mad again. I'm not mad. I'm just... I wish that they weren't so stuck in the ways and they could try it where it, like where there's... They full commit. concessions made. You mean... Yes, exactly. Yeah, they compromise. Every, every, they just fucking half commit and don't go for it and then they're like, this shit sucks. And they never try it again. You know, mm. that's the shit that bothers me with teams like this. It's consistently, they're stuck. It's the same thing. You can't thing with go half feet. liquid. You have to no. go full <laughs> liquid. Full liquid. 
you're just yeah. in between Anyways. the states of matter. I mean, it makes sense. You 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 don't like the people that you're you're a forward thinking man, Bala. Okay, you want people to understand the science of Valorant, and they're just not seeing it. You need you need a secret fund to fund secret Valorant research. But <laughs> let's let's go on to to the final to the final map, Icebox. Uh, this was the Kurt. I want you to bring up the LeBron James graphic. No help. I want you to bring that up um, <laughs> <laughs> because yay had a no help moment on chamber where I think for like a lengthy portion of the match, he had like all of his team's kills essentially for, for optic. Like it was like he had, he ended it like what? 25, 14. Yeah. He ended 25, 14. And he was like at some ridiculous KD for like the entire series. Like he had points where he had like 20 kills and the rest of his team combined had like 15 yeah. or something. It was just like absurd what happened there at its baseline. But realistically, on a more stylistic level for V1, they also just outpaced them here again. Like they just worked the map better. They just worked the map better than Optic the entire time. And I feel like Optic really struggled to have any sort of serious map control. Like, Kurt, if you go to like even like round one, like on a pistol round, it's just V1 would do plays like this so often where they would get contact from from a player like whether this time it would be in mid and then they wrap heavily through a they work through a for free here and they just like instantly crunch around here in mid to get these players like because optic is playing like slow like pokey style and v1 are setting up rap plays they're setting up aggressive defensive aggression uh, and there's just no answer from optic it's like okay we're gonna rotate the b try to get the site but we've already lost mid we've lost players and we're just gonna get crunched here we have no map control realistically and it just ends into a eventual round loss yeah i I I wonder whether this was a bit of a morale breaker as well because you're yeah. coming off the back of a 13-5 loss on Haven, right? Where you try a comp and it doesn't quite work out and you get flattened 12 rounds in a row. That's not like a normal 13-5. That feels even worse because you haven't won a single round in the last 12. And then you come into this and it's not like you just lose the pistol. You get flanked on A like it's a, like it's a ranked game and you're like, who the fuck's supposed to be watching A? Like those <laughs> kind of rounds are tilting because there's such a massive hole in your game that your opponents have exploited. And mm -hmm. that cropped its head up a little bit because Optics default, normally they have only Ye watching A or only Marved watching A. And on the pistol round, they didn't have either of them because they were oh. going towards... No, I mean, like thinking about the morale breaker, this is like the morale breaker moment for me was it like at the beginning of this they were going for the plant and zelsus just like walks in and kills two with a pistol on their eco like just <laughs> just kills two people like they had no one watching it like they didn't have anyone to like stop that aggression from zelsus either like he just timed the wall like while the wall was down he knew someone was planting he just went for a play and like they just didn't have any they had no one watching literally yeah. no eyes on it and he got two with with and Back that's crazy. breaking map yeah, Honestly. that is legitimate. Uh, and a great, a great indicator of the importance of confidence for the whole of Optic. You know when they're all playing on, uh, they're all firing on every single cylinder. You've got Marv's own like the whole team, right? But Ye is always going to be consistent as you saw in this map. But when shit doesn't go your way, I love that you pointed out the, the fast flank by V1 on the pistol. Because that is the kind mm -hmm. of shit where they be in the comms like, what, what are these guys doing? You know what I mean? They'd be yeah. saying out loud, like, what, what are these guys doing? And as soon as... As soon as Optic don't have the confidence to be winning those duels, like they were rolling over them on Ascent, it's, it's like looking at a different team like the old Optic again, which is, I don't yes. know. It, it, they, it actually they pried, did. It reminded they pried me of open old the weaknesses Envy. again. Yeah. They pried open the weaknesses it, it, of when, they, when Optic were looking so good and so drilled over these, over these past few weeks. Yeah, I feel Josh, catfished. Your point about, <laughs> your point about the uh, like prep on the first map, 
brought when we were when we were on the desk we were talking and i brought up the gambit final and how many similarities are there now where bind they're bind against gambit they look so fucking prepped they're outplaying nats they go 15 13 or whatever losing overtime and i'll tell you being there in berlin as well that was looking at them play the next two maps i could just see complete confidence shift before in the other games where they're dominating like 100 thieves and stuff and sentinels they just have so much fucking swagger they're yelling across but they just go silent when shit is not going their way after they lost that first map it was i could tell you right away it was over and i think the same sort of stuff cropped up again in this series because it's an important match they want to win it to qualify for playoffs and be done with this and they they end up cooling themselves off on the second map yeah as gg it's also the most important match for optic because even though they're likely to make it through to playoffs they now have to do it on the new patch and i think this is some bullshit honestly because in my opinion you should never well, they be changed introducing... it for emea right yeah, and yeah in fact, I, don't think they, I don't think they ever had any intention of introducing it during the group stage for emea but for whatever reason in north america i think the they normally ask the like the teams what they think but at this point when they ask the teams this half the teams have already qualified and want to get on the new patch as quickly as possible. So they're going to be voting, mm -hmm. yeah, get us onto the new patch. And then there's a couple of teams like Optic and Rise who are like, fuck off, what are you doing? <laughs> and Optic are now left in a horrendous situation where mm -hmm. this isn't just any other patch. This is a massive meta shifting patch. This is bigger than dropping a new agent. This is a new map, essentially, because Icebox is mm -hmm. like plays... It's maybe not, maybe new map is hyperbole, but it's a very different map it now. It changes very, yeah. Very different I, I think map. With, with context of the agent changes, you can call it a completely new map. Yeah, because it could be yeah, like, I was you might to, not play Viper on that map I was anymore. trying to that play Viper. Viper. Map I was now. trying to play Viper last night Yeah, with the Icebox changes, and holy shit, it's, I was like, there's no, there's no more one and done walls where you get crazy value on the retake. The, the changes really have helped. It sounds so fucking weird to talk about, but the very minor adjustments, I don't think it's a Viper map anymore. I, I actually don't. It's you're smoking the. Fucking I, I'm not. I'm telling you, man. I don't think it's a Viper map anymore because normally this... Viper is so good at whole. And it, I'm, we're getting off topic here. But yeah, we're getting off. Yeah, we're getting because I was like, <laughs> well, Josh agrees with you. I can fucking tell. I I also think it might not be a Viper map anymore, but. I think the pros will continue playing Viper in the short term for sure. And it'll require okay, yeah. some serious like boldness to break that through, if indeed it's even true. But the point being that with all of these changes, Optic now have to win their game against Knights, a team that are on the come up, and all of the pressure is on them. Sure, even if they lose, there's a possibility they can still go through because Ryze could also lose their game. But, but they might go out. But Bren's prophecy might be true. <laughs> No. Here's the in my the biggest bullshit out of it all. Even, regardless of Optic and Rise playing on the new patch and having to win on a new patch, the teams they're playing against don't give a fuck what is going on. They don't care. Rise against NRG. Energy's no. gone. They're done for the season. It's over for them. Like they're they're. I don't even know what they're going to be. How they're going to be playing. I don't know how they're. And then and this is a problem with the group stage in, in general. Optic is playing against Knights, who is also already in and also going to be hard going against with the new stuff. So 
integrity-wise, I have no clue. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me, like, at mm -hmm. all. Energy doesn't care anymore, and Knights is going to be hard practicing with the new stuff. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense, the way that this is all, yeah. all turned out. On top at least of Knights is playing pack. for seeding. At least Knights actually yeah. has something to play for. Energy don't at all. But, man, oh, man. I, yeah, I, I mean, feel bad for Optic well, because I think they would have absolutely been favored in a... Um, if in, they played in a, week four. In a four yeah, Knights. in a 4.03 world, yeah, yeah, yeah. they would have been favored to make it they, through to the playoffs, but they might just get boned here. I still think they're going to make playoffs, though. There's the, they, Rise have to win over NRG, which you might think is a given because NRG don't care. But the point I want to make for this, again, is... There's nothing more dangerous than a team that has nothing to play for anymore because they're going to start playing with confidence. They're going to start not worrying about it. These pressure matches in the past as well, Rise as a team, because this is all contingent on Rise winning and going two and three, by the way. So they win in a head to head against Optic, mm -hmm. assuming Optic mm -hmm. uh, lose because it, it, basically Rise would have to win and yeah. Optic would have to lose. So it's like two things that have to happen. Rise choke in pressure matches. If Rise know they have to win this to make playoffs, LCQ they choked, in my opinion. Uh, open quals in the matches that would qualify them, they underperformed rapidly. They mm -hmm. have a history, I think, of underperforming in those matches that actually matter. And this is a match that matters in the groups right now for them. They have to win this against a team and that's going to be playing with fucking whimsy, 10,000%. Got the thrusters on. I like mean, NRG, I think, are going to be playing with whimsy. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Some's going to be saying in all chat, nice try, Overwatch. And, and he's going to be fucking yeah. running at them with rifles, man. Like Hayes genuinely, is I think like it was contemplating like retirement at the end of their last thing. So you know, Hayes is about to be like pulling out some weird bullshit. He'll be drinking like he'll be having a nice scotch, you know, like as he plays. Like he's gonna be like just a fucking nice doing whatever. Scotch. He's just gonna yeah, be throwing a down scotch a, a stimmy and a scotch. Yeah, that's that's that sounds very uh... sounds refreshing. That sounds refreshing yeah, okay. to me. Yeah, so, yeah, I do the, think that it's the craziest part. Uh, about Rise too, and this is leading back to the game against Rise and Sentinels. Josh's point a couple weeks ago was that they always play better when they're in the underdogs, and not the underdogs, and it's a pressure match. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky. It really Unlucky. is true though that like when teams have nothing left to lose, they will they will just like win. You know, yeah, they'll just win. They do. So it's 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 a con it's a consistent fact. I feel like we're teams that are just like because I also feel like for a lot of players, I've seen this mentality a lot, where players will be like, okay, we can't win. But we can get these fucks to lose, you know. Like, we, like, like, like. That's just like it's literally just like taking them down with you, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, let's take a look at some week five predictions then. Let's see if people are putting their money where their mouth is. So let's see if we're a hive mind again. So bear in mind, be. bear in mind, dear audience, that this is on the new patch, and so we really don't know what the fuck is going on. These preds are <laughs> these preds are going to be a bit out there. Full conjecture. So complete speculation. Let's kick it off. First game, big game. Undefeated teams clashing in Group A. It's Cloud9 playing against the Guard. And we've gone for... Ooh, guard Connor has gone for the Guard. Connor, tell me why you think the Guard is going to win this game. I'm a Guard simp. That's, first of all, I'm <laughs> tierist, tier, highest tier on fan house slash only fans, me for the Guard. Like, I'm on it 100%. I... I think this team, I just love this team. I love the paradigm of this team. I love what MC has done with it. I love what their organization, how they're approaching it. Like, I just, on a narrative level, it's captured me. It's captured me. It's, <laughs> it's, it's got me in its grips. As, like, on a pure gameplay level, I do think, like, they're going to be tested pretty significantly by C9's form. 
but I think with the overall individual level of their players and how their performance right now, along with a lot of like the really cool things they're doing, like they're looking pretty solid on their executes, their overall fundamentals are looking good. They have a lot of cool things they have in the in ready. I trust the guard in a new patch too to just pull out something wild to just be like oh yeah we got something cooked up mce's been in the laboratory and he's gonna come out with the goggles and be like by george i've done it you know and like they're, they, they, i i just think i just trust guard i just trust the guard i trust their system heading into a new patch i hold the opposite opinion because i think out of all the teams i'm thinking out the winners and losers it's the teams that nice the winner. prep a lot it's the teams that have a lot of set trap plays it's the plays that they rely on with Astra is a key, uh, key piece in the larger mechanisms that they've cooked up. The guard of that team, in my mind, I still think they're a good team. I still think the game will be close, but I think it will be, it will be a harder adjustment for them compared to Cloud9. That's why I think I'd be leaning towards Cloud9. You know, Cloud9 also have a ton of prep on their defense sides and trap plays yeah. and Astra stuff as well. Yeah. So they, they are going to have to adjust their side too. But when you consider that, the Cloud9 have been together for a super long time. Individual talent is through the roof. They can pug it and just dominate. And the Guard have only been good in one meta, and they've only been a team for a couple of months. And they're very prep-based. Mm -hmm. I think if the Guard wins here, it almost signifies a different level to their team, where they have instantly demonstrated an ability to adapt and move with the times that would be mm -hmm. shocking. Like, for a team to be this good already is shocking for the guard. But you can see how much of it is, like, coming from the structure and the and the prep and them understanding the meta and the yeah. comps that they play. If you just throw them into a new environment and they still do well, that's, that's holy shit levels of performance, in my opinion. So I'm not going to give them that benefit of the doubt just yet. Should we move that's on to the next here. match? Okay. It's... This one's a doozy. This one really <laughs> matters. It's 100 Thieves playing against EG. God bless the casters for this one. Oh, and actually, I didn't expect this. Three of us have gone with 100 Thieves, and again, it's Connor on his own predicting EG. I, I actually thought that not many people would be going for 100 Thieves here. There's, I mean, both teams are, yeah, are winless, Yeah, I didn't though. expect it. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think the 100 Thieves experiment, everything they did with this roster was bananas, bonkers. I didn't <laughs> like it. I think it was really dumb from the get-go, and... Like in terms of like not getting Eccles and such like that, and like it, but in Baby J, but rather what they've done since then to course correct. Um, and I think EG as a unit is currently just more motivated to win, and I have more belief in them because I think some teams when you reach the end they get they get stronger. You know, they're back up in a corner, they're gonna fight fairly. Other teams they collapse into a neutron star and they just <laughs> suck everything up into them, and that that's what I feel about this hundred thieves roster right now is that it just it's just not i just don't see it going forward i think this is like a total collapse moment i don't think 100 thieves has any incentive at all to like show up here because like the org's presence itself has already said like you've lost so fuck you like i i just don't think there's going to be any motivation for this roster while eg like there's something to salvage they could potentially say there i think eg is just a more motivated team going in here, i think like a more cohesive i think in a one. sick twist of destiny 100 thieves are actually going to be god tier in this match <laughs> Yeah, just to troll their crazy. fans mm -hmm. just that would to be just crazy. i think i think just to i think a new he, element of the drama he goes gonna, <laughs> gonna drop 50 
in the first map. I think he's going to drop 50 in the first map. And the, fa and the narratives, people aren't going to know what to do with themselves. The people are going to be out in the streets. They're going to be tearing I mean, their fucking clothes off. I don't know what to do if Hiko drops 50. If Hiko drops 50, I, don't, I, I simply don't know how to react. That point, it's like the it's Michael inflation. Jordan game. When he played, when he played when he, on his birthday, 40 years old, and dropped 40, and Hiko's yeah. going to drop 50 as well. Yeah, Hiko on his 40th birthday as well. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think it's just inflation if he hits it at that point. Ne next game actually does matter for seeding in Group A. It's Exet playing against LG. These are the teams battling for third and fourth seed at the moment. And we've all gone for Exet. Um, yeah. I'm glad then, your betrayal has finally, has come back, Bren. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did it. I did it for clout. <laughs> I, I predicted a hundred things last time for clout. And I got a lot of clout. I got fucking dragged by the exit social media. Yeah. So yeah. not bad. Not bad. You don't. All right. Let's take a look at the next game. Then it's NRG playing against rise. This is the game that rise must win. And Bren has not put his money where his mouth is voting for NRG. <laughs> Uh, we've all gone for Rise. What do you mean? Rise to win? Yeah, didn't you say... Who, wait, who was arguing about... Was that you, Bala? No! I thought you said Rise to win. I thought you said Rise need to lose. Yeah, I thought There's you two, said... two things that need to happen. We were just discussing Optic, and you said Rise need to win. They've choked big games. I yeah. think they can yep. lose this. Yeah. And you've predded them. Because I didn't think anybody <laughs> else was going to pred Rise. <laughs> I thought what? I was going to be the only one praying no. rise. This is the first that thing that needs to happen for my grand prophecy to fucking happen. Uh, Six true. weeks ago, when true. I said 100 Thieves and Optic are not going to make it out of groups, I, I was called a madman. People were, people were throwing rotten tomatoes at me in the streets. <laughs> people, were, people were thinking, this guy's fucking crazy. And if, yep. this, if, this, if this first stage happens... That doesn't guarantee the second stage. No they're, not in, they're not connected necessarily. If this, okay, not really this, it, but I, I predicted this thinking that you guys weren't going to predict rise. But. Why would we no, not predict I rise? Why I mean, would I not predict rise? Because in my yeah. mind, they do choke in pressure matches, and NRG have got nothing to play for. Yeah, but yeah, but NRG that's, like, that's like just whimsy. That's just the whimsy. To be fair, yeah. didn't NRG shit on rise, like mm -hmm. in the first open qualifier? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, they did, did they actually. Did. Yeah. Yep. Like 13, 4, 13, it's, yeah. But that was before Rise had their dick flattened and or not Rise, but NRG <laughs> had had their dick flattened. Yeah. NRG had had their dick flattened and Rise had had a good match versus Sentinels. I thought, yeah, 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 I don't know. I All thought right. BD. Let's let's well, move on to the next game. It's Sentinels version one. But a lot of people been looking forward to this one. It should be a doozy. It's on the new patch as well. It's gonna be absolutely mental. Both teams play who <laughs> they're gonna be super fast. I went for Sentinels here. The rest of the teams go for version one. Here's what I'm thinking. New patch. That's literally it. Uh, wouldn't, like, yeah, wouldn't, yeah, yeah. Ever, wouldn't ever pred okay. this on the current patch. Would never, never, never pred this. I think, I think new patch is going to favor Sentinels a lot. I've just mm -hmm. got a just got a feeling that this is going to be a tens and sick running around killing people, playing double duelist on every map kind of vibe. And I think version one, a lot of the stuff that they've been doing currently has been really good. But Sentinels really enjoy playing at that high tempo. So version one get tested a bit against NRG. I think this is the game where Sentinels get the win and it fills all of their fans with copium that they're going to make it to Reykjavik. And they don't. Uh, but this is the big game where it shakes everything up, in my opinion. Mm. All right, let's move on to the last one then. It's Optic Knights. This is the one that really matters this week. This is the game that matters. And Bren has stuck to his word and gone with Knights. <laughs> You've already told us why. And it's, it's essentially to fulfill your prophecy from five weeks ago. <laughs> 
Nostradamus there, looking is at. There, is there anything else associated with this other than prophecy? Do I need to is add much more? I, I have been prophecy. I've been singing the praises of knights and the improvements okay. they've been making. Yeah. Optics weaknesses <laughs> have been showcased in Pride Open. When they lack, when they get their confidence knocked in a series, they they can't seem to regain their footing. I think off the back of that last series that we just watched, it's a pressure match for them. Knights have got the pressure off their shoulders to a degree. They're playing for seeding. And honestly, it, this, this match, I think, is all going to be decided on how much pressure is actually applied to it based, uh, Bever, uh, based off of Rise versus NRG. That first match, the Optic guys are going to be fucking watching that shit and they are going to be biting their nails. Because if Rise end up winning and then suddenly it's now on their game to win, that is... Bro, I mean that it's the final game of the of the of the group stage. It is the yeah. final match of the group stage. All eyes on them. Everything on the line for them to qualify. And uh, yeah, it all comes down to this against a night squad that I think have been making pretty good improvements. People have been sleeping on them, and it's pretty clear to me that they do their prep on on maps and they expect certain things. It would be funny if NRG won and all of the rest of the games of the group stage were useless. Yeah, I mean that's. And when I say funny, I mean bone hurtingly bad. But also funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, no, you're. What's going to happen is the Knights are going to pick a sense and Optic is going to roll the fuck out of them because they're going to start defense and <laughs> then they're going to play bind and Optic is just going to roll the fuck out of them. I'll tell you that. Mm. And I'm a, I'm, I'm the actual fucking guy who's singing nice praises the entire fucking time throughout this entire season. So yeah, I don't believe in it. And okay. unfortunately, that's how it's okay. going to go. Unlucky. You Unlucky, Brad. Don't believe in it, do you? You, you? you didn't see it in the stars. This <laughs> we'll see it. I mean, listen, I, we'll see. I, I, I already, I don't think, I think this is going to fail at step one. Mm. Did we have, by the way, so, Kurt, did we have like the stats from previous weeks in North America? Oh, were those stats just combined from EU and NA earlier? Ah, sorry, I, I misunderstood. That's interesting. I see, I see. Mm. Um, okay, so. There weren't that many EMEA games this week, so we decided to do a bit of a catch-up for some of the other regions. So, if you're a fan of Korean Valorant, Krupium, uh, Brazil, stick around, because we're going to be uh, going through some of those games. Um, I wanted to start by talking about Vision Strikers. They've rebranded. They are now DRX, and they have been playing... I mean, both of the top Korean teams have rebranded. It was Vision Strikers against Esports Connected, Where'd you come up with that name? And now it's DRX against Onslayers. I've just called them King's New Team here because I'm assuming most people are not tapped into Korean Valorant outside of Vision Strikers. And King, the former Sentinel from Vision Strikers, has uh, formed this new team with Zunba, with uh, some other big players from around the Korean scene like TS, uh, God Dead, um, Bazi, who previously played with Crazy Raccoon. And this game, I mean, if we just pull up the stats to start with, Kurt, if you wouldn't mind, was much anticipated. There aren't that many big games happening in Korea. And uh, there's basically three teams that matter. There's Vision Strikers, DRS. There's Onslayers. And then there's Damwon. And Damwon had previously been beating Onslayers. Onslayers came back recently and kind of smoked them. So it's clear that this new team with, you know, Zumber and uh, King is getting better and better. And then this game, they destroyed DRX. They actually smoked them. If you look at the stats, 13-3, map one. And then bind was a bit closer, 13-8. But at no point were they not in control. And if you look at the overall stats, Bazi, who used to play the Sova Breach kind of stuff for Crazy Raccoon, 
previous Overwatch League, like, really talented hitscan player, um, he fucking pooed. Bro. He has an average of 365 ACS. Yeah, he went 12 and 5 in first kills. I mean, he dominated RB. If you look at the jet diff, it was just absurd. You can look at the head-to-heads, right? If you go to performance at the top. Mm. Performance and then... All uh, kills. Yeah, it's up at the top. So it's it's 11 and 5 against Buzz. And then 7 and 6 against RB. (laughs) I mean, it it was nasty. But some of the things I wanted to highlight were um, the reasons why this was happening, because it wasn't just a good game from Bazi. And for my money, Vision Strikers actually look better than they did before. I am kind of digging Vision Strikers, mm. but this new team is prepped. I mean, they are looking good. Do you know who the coach is of this team? Anyway, look at this play. <laughs> so they start with the Breach and the Silver in Garage. Look at this play. They start with the Breach and the Silver in Garage. They drone off the rip, and he's holding the stun. Whoever gets tagged gets stunned and Silver ulted. They don't go for the Silver on the player this time. They go for the Silver at a headshot box because they saw so many people, and they find that first pick. They did that set play in round seven. They did that set play in round 12 as well. Just a beautiful little tactic for them to find, for, to find that first pick. Yeah. And now... Vision Strikers, DRX are in a situation where they... Sorry, this is Dam 1 when they were playing against Dam 1. So this is on, uh, on Slayers, on the defense, trying to pivot this one. Look, when they go towards King on A, so King's got a setup where he's jiggle peeking short and he has his alarm bot um, on long. So he's got the turret for info in B, he jiggles short, alarm bot watches long. As soon as King sees anything or hears anything on A, he's just going to... Killjoy ult. He just puts his lockdown to stop the hit. As soon as this recon dart comes through, <laughs> nah, you're not coming here, mate. Just lockdown instantly. <laughs> and that just stops you from ever going towards A. It funnels all of the attackers towards B. And I, I've not seen anybody play like King. Right now, King is playing an utterly unique style of Killjoy. And it's working so well for this team. Yeah. He has different I, setups. He has different like ults like this. And it just, how do you deal with this? You're getting funneled into the exact site that Onslayers want you to go towards. You know what I said earlier? I've, EMEA is okay. the thinking, uh, thinking person's region for Valorant. It's I take career. it back. It's career. It's career. I, t- I take it back. Let's get wine. Let's get a wine terms up. Of, Swirl it around. In terms of tactics, like the actual like little tactical plays that Korea has... I would agree with you. I think they are at the top of the game for that. And mm-hmm. who is coaching this team? It's Jamin and uh, Perry, both oh, former New oh, Team. Perry. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Who's Jamin, Barlow? Jamin was former head coach for a New Turn. Ah, and uh, Perry was the player for New Turn. So, mm-hmm. exactly. right. Perry's a, a legend for forever. Yes. He played in 1.6, yeah. like, yes, a long time but, ago, so... They have really cool ideas. I thought that round was particularly interesting because it showcased like a set play at the beginning of the round and then also a really unique setup to funnel some people in. But if you want to actually focus on the game itself, which was DRX playing against Onslayers, um, there was similarly interesting things happening in in this game too. Uh, Just to kick things off, uh, what did I have as the first clip here? This... um, Okay. Icebox, round nine, if you wouldn't mind this. So this is another play that just showcases the, the like, set plays to find a pick is a big thing in Korean Valorant. They have, like, some mm-hmm. set play on attack, and here the set play is we're going to wall up like normal. There'll be a player on the wall and a Soverall at the same time. So the, the player mm-hmm. up on the wall, a lot of regions do, but comboing it with a blind Soverall 
in the position where you would normally stand to stop a player mm-hmm. getting that pick. Really cool idea from Onslayers, but Buzz was a nutcase, manages to equalize the round a little bit in their favor. Um, and Onslayers still win this round because Bazzi is nutty. I mean, just he he was crazy this whole game. So they, this also just they, showcases his individual. Don't they fuck up the counter here? Yeah, vision strikers fuck up the counter wall, oh. and it's like really awkward. And so Bazzi just gets free two kills on people who are barely moving. <laughs> and he's just he's just swing pop, swing pop, swing yeah. pop. Nasty. I love the marshal. Just bullying them the entire time, uh, and they weren't always just doing tactical stuff too. Round twelve was a good example, I think, of like a strategic outplay where they just work the map better. And this is what I'm actually quite liking about the Korean scene right now. Uh, especially with Onslayers, but also with Vision Strikers. They have this opening, right, where they're trying to take B green control. They get the recon on Buzz. Buzz gets the first kill. They have um, a res here that they can use to get Bazzi back up after God Dead takes the orb. So you've just essentially traded a, a res to take B green control. And they, this pulls rotates over towards B, but they've been playing a 3-1-1 default. They haven't just been stacking all five players B green. They're still defaulting. And so when they hear all those, those rotates come through, they just pivot into the A site. They find a really easy A site that only has Mako at it. And they can commit to A whilst also having Zumba lurk through mid. And this, it's, it's nothing crazy happening here. It's just really good map rotations and well-timed, like, pincer here from Zumba making his way through. And Is this the one where they fuck up the wall again? Yeah, I mean, this wall. is a different yes. team, but they fucked up. Yeah, they messed up the wall again there when they, uh, when they pushed through. But I think the macro pathing was good there, and a lot of the Korean teams, when they've been good before, have either had, like, one thing that they do really well. Like, they're really good at mm-hmm. facets. They're really good at tactics. They're, you know, they're, they've got, like, something they're amazing at, or maybe they just have all the individual skill. I think Korea, the top two teams, and Damwon to some extent, are actually becoming much more well-rounded. They have the tactics. They also have the individual talent. And they're starting to look really elite at the defaulting, mid-rounding, and like adjusting to what their opponents are doing on the fly. That was, I, think, I think it's a good time to be a, a Korean fan. Yeah, that was always the thing that uh, Korea as a region was missing. When, I, when you're watching like in the lead up to champs and you're watching the, the teams compete, the top, the top teams at least, and like in APAC as well. Mm. Um, so, much, so much emphasis being placed on like the trap plays, the set plays, like little things to give you the advantage in a round, but it's what you do after that that was missing. It was a bit. I, you know, the other thing that was missing was just competition. Mm-hmm. The, it yeah. was Vision Strikers dominating everything, then Newton dominating everything, then back to Vision Strikers dominating everything. They never really had two top teams. And I think right now, there should be two top teams. Even though on Slayers wins Icebox easily and Bind is a bit closer, they, they get the 2-0, right? But I think Vision Strikers, DRX, sorry, will be motivated to clap back at the end of this and find the like motivation in the fact that they have a real rival. It's not like when Newton was playing really well and Vision Strikers just collapsed and looked awful. I think DRX are actually still playing really well in some of these moments and their individual talent is still through the roof, but they're getting outplayed and I think that's going to motivate them to improve their own gameplay too. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I kind of had a different sense. I watched a couple career games. Uh, this game I was impressed with with Onslayers, especially their AX hits on Icebox as well, just the amount of utility they're dumping. But some of the other games, Vision Striker specifically, I was watching. I didn't get a chance to watch another Onslayers game. But I actually felt like gameplay-wise and tactic-wise, or tactic-wise, they were good. I agree with that. And that's always been good for Korea. 
but game plan wise, it feels definitely better in terms of like the overall strategy defaulting and whatnot, but they're still falling down in those moments where they are going for, you know, a much less, much less tactical approach to the round fundamentally like their spacing ends up being bad it feels a lot of times like they end up just dming in those situations mm. where the map is spread and while they look great individually that still is a downfall to me for their game and cool. i don't know I, I think it's great that korea has two good teams again i was really really scared when new turn was falling apart and f4q was dying like that it was just gonna be vision strikers forever but the challenge is very important to continue to have because otherwise who the fuck are they playing yeah they, <laughs> they actually they punished a lot of that individual playmaking from uh, from Buzz and RB in this match. I think that's one mm -hmm. of the big reasons that Onslaught was able to win was because yeah. Buzz would go for that like double kill and then swing again and die, and RB would like yeah. try and force a duel and die. And those moments are the learning moments I think for DRX to take from this because they need yeah. to be going more towards that like team play approach where you're scaling together. And I think that it's, is a big it's thing. It's interesting because. It's a merge of like F4Q and New Turn coaching and like just random also players from TNL, uh, which is TS, I guess. And that kind of melds the play styles perfectly. And I will also say, just as on a high level um, and still kind of carries through, I, I think even back on the Champs episode, pre-Champs episode, I was always more impressed with King than any player on Vision Strikers. This guy's decision making is unreal. And you saw it in that Haven clip. Uh, that was brilliant and he continuously impresses me in moments like that and to see him once again find success on another team just tells me man i i don't know who's i gelling on this team um for on slayers, but on but slayers? i wouldn't be surprised yeah, to see know. if it was king yeah i'm not sure i'm just glad that actually. now that wyatt's not here we're still getting back to our regularly scheduled ho korea hopium refill you know <laughs> i think that i think that's the important part is that at least we're having some hopiums trickle on through yeah, one I, slot I wanna, for masters, right? I actually wanted. Yeah, they only have a single yeah, slot one for slot. masters, mm -hmm. which is crazy. But at the moment, it's looking like onslaughts. I, I had a round that I wanted to show you to ask a question. Right, this is round one. It's their pistol round, but they were doing this a lot. The thing that I'm going to talk about was happening in all of their attack rounds. But Zunba uses pullback smokes a huge amount. So as they push up B long here, he puts his own star down. And they pull it back as they're scaling up, which I assume is to block like a counter flash that would be coming from Octagon or something. But they were doing mm. it every time they pushed through B long, every time they pushed through showers, Zunba would put a star in front of them and retract it as they pushed through. Almost like they were swoop peeking through their own Astra smoke, but it doesn't work mm. like that. You can only swoop peek through Viper utility. So I was looking at this and I'm like, okay, when it's on B long, that makes a ton of sense because if, if, you, if, you have, if you're playing against an octagon player that flashes, then you're gonna be protected from that for a moment. The timing's gonna be good. Mm -hmm. But they were also doing it all the time in showers. And I, there's definitely some clear forethought that Zumba thinks this is a really good way of getting use out of his utility, but I don't actually know what mm -hmm. it's for. Did they have info that the sky was playing near showers when they did it in showers, or were they just popping in showers every time? I don't think so. I'm. I don't think so. But it looks like they're it, just running up. Sense, yeah, it makes sense to me if they like. Okay, we know the sky's here, so maybe we do this. But if the sky's not I there, mean, then like, what's even the point? The, the long thing. The long thing makes sense because sky is always playing long, and you yeah. have to yeah. play anti flash while you're running up, and it's always really fucking awkward. But in terms of flash sense, but I think it's multifaceted, right? You have the recall happening, or you have a star right in front of where they would want to push. So it deters them from pushing just in case there's a gravel or something like that. Um, and then on top of that, you're recalling while you're running up 
And that kind of baits people into thinking, hey, this is going to be a smoke. Maybe I can go for the or maybe I can try to swing across the other angle. Um, but when you when it comes back, there's three people there and they're yeah, right yeah. up in, in your yeah, face. Maybe it's, like, there's yeah, multi-facets. Like I think the, the flash thing is really, really smart, though, if that's the case. Yeah. They, probably, they probably do it just in case they do end up flexing the sky over two showers to start taking control. Yeah, but it's, but it's what Barlow was saying. Like, if you're, if you're a player and you're fighting, the, because there was a player who was running ahead of it. And uh, if you're, if you're yeah. fighting that one... They, they were trying to time it so that the pullback was while the player in the lead was inside of it. Th that was like... The, that was there. You goal. saw that repeatedly? Yeah. yeah okay, I, that, like, I thought that maybe it was intentional that one player got ahead. And as they thought, okay, let's take the fight against the player, mm. the star gets recalled. And then suddenly there's two more players that were inside of that star and you're taking a fight against three players. Timing's always going to be a bit wonky with that. I ranted on stream yesterday about this, but I'm so sad that, like, okay, I know Astro is overpowered, but it just feels like we were just reaching the precipice of fucking sick-ass Astro tech in terms of all the combos in NA finally yeah, mm -hmm. reaching the, the masses. And then this recall tech is fucking everywhere, 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 everywhere. People are using recalls in ways that are so unique creative and and you're seeing a new one every single week type of thing like this one i've never even heard of. i didn't see it when i watched this game oh actually no i didn't watch this game um but it's just so cool and we're not going to see it anymore because ash is going to start being played she'll less. be back at some point though she'll be back and people will remember we, we're the only know? people who yeah, want to <laughs> we are the yeah, only people yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah, it's really cool, actually, just to see in Korean Valorant how little metagames develop. Like, certain, there was, when they were playing on Ascent, there were certain meta Killjoy setups that you never see in the other regions. Or, like, certain uh, recon darts. Like, TS had a ton of different recons and shocks that I'd never seen before. You just don't see them in other regions. So that, that's part of why the international tournaments are so good. You get that blend, the big mixing pot of ideas, mm -hmm. and people can pull ideas from each other and then go back to their own regions. Um, but one of the big, one of the big takeaways from this game is that Bazi is for real. If you look at round twenty, he opts on defense, and he just—I don't understand how he gets the value from the operator in these positions. He's trading kills with the op with astounding consistency. And remember, he finished like plus twenty-seven or something in this series. He comes in, his team's already got these two opening kills, and then RB responds, and he's in like a kind of forward position, just peeks, grabs a kill. Now he's in an area where. He might get punished a little bit, and then he's just grabbing kill after kill, just finding these moments to be able to exploit DRX. Got one bullet left in the clip, just done it. What? What is that? Oh. What is that? That's a no-scope. Oh, no. What is that? Oh, no. He was unscoped. I think he was, right? I think Dude, he that... scopes, sees him, unscoped. I don't even know. Can we 0.25 it? Can we get a detective case on it? It's disgusting. Can we slow yeah. that down. I'm pretty sure he just wasn't scoped the entire time. Yeah. No, no, no. He scoped and unscoped. Oh no, sorry. Sure. I mean, yeah. Well, I, oh, I'm pretty sure he was yeah, unscoped yeah, yeah. when he. Not point two five. Kurt, we've got to, We've got to take this deeper. Oh, here we go. Here it is. It's coming. Oh, no, One second. No point two five. Sound yeah, on yeah. for the added extra chaos. <laughs> here we come. Here we cool. come. No, Wait. no, 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 no. Here we go. Waiting. That's oh, a no scope. That is actually a no scope. What is that, dude? It's crazy. What is that? Nah, that's a spec bug, bro. That shit didn't happen. Nah, hell nah. <laughs> that shit did not happen. <laughs> it's filthy, man. So I think previously I thought of Bazi as obviously I know his Overwatch League career. He was an insane hit scan talent, insanely good. And then in Valorant, he was playing in a Japanese team, playing a supportive character. Mm -hmm. The team was 
wonky at best, but he looked like a good player. This, to me, was a breakout game that showed he has enough talent to actually diff people like Buzz and RB. It's mad how good he is. So, yeah, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Um, Connor, I think you checked in with the Krupium, didn't you? Oh, yes. Well, now we have to talk about the real region. <laughs> okay, Latam. Now we got to talk about the real regions here. Okay, I mean, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Latam South. We got to talk about Latam South. So, most recently in our group stages, there's been really two teams that have kind of emerged, and it's Crew, obviously, and also the other one is Leviathan. Leviathan, essentially, it's like a. It's so the interesting Me, part about an this, before, I think that means Leviathan in Portuguese. You're on to something, but then, yeah, but you stupid idiot. You haven't even gone to the juicy part yet, okay? You haven't even gone to the juicy part. The juicy part here is that this roster used to be the the Astral's roster that was also the, the team that crew beat the last time well, so to get to, like, Masters of Champions. Chile? Do they speak they Spanish do, in yeah. Chile? I think so. They do, of course they yes. do. I'm an idiot, yeah. Yes. It's uh, Brazil yeah. is... Uh, Portuguese. Yeah. No, yes. I am an uncultured Philistine. I'm just a fucking pleb. Well, okay. Well, I I thought you were just bald, untraveled a joke. idiot. Dude, I, I, thought I you didn't were just mean to drag you, but listen, I just I was actually looking up recently what "Let's Go" is in Portuguese, but because it's is "Vamos" for crew, it's "Vamola". There you go. "Vamola". What? For for the Brazilians. <laughs> did, did did I wonder? Uh-huh. Did the podcast hear Kurt say? Oh, come on. Like in the background <laughs> as he was saying that. I wonder if people heard that one. It definitely um, did. I don't know if they heard it, but I hope they did. So What's the, what's being, the analysis? What's the status no, well, report? First of all, no, you haven't even got to the juiciest part yet. Okay, oh, no, 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 sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm rushing you. So this roster used to be a Strolls roster that crew beat before previously in the previous grand finals. So like go to champs, go to master, all this stuff. And it's the same roster because the Strolls closed down the division. Well, guess who's coaching Leviathan? Oh, owner. Like no, it's literally just the rematch of the same teams with Cruz old coach and they beat them again, <laughs> which I find really funny. Um, I just find that funny. So that's the backstory to this. Essentially going through the segments, Kurt, you can just like kind of just just scroll through the clips because the analysis is essentially just legitimately. I actually thought Leviathan might have been the slightly better team here, but Cruz experience and individual uh, individual like skill just won them the series because mm. it was a pretty close series. Uh, Cruz still had like a lot of good things going for them. Like they get like they'll get picks and they'll follow up really quickly. And teams can't deal with the pace. Like Keznet and Nagzet are still like really really strong fraggers, especially when Nagzet's on. Uh, so they rely pretty heavily on like they get picks, they rotate fast, they follow up on thing on like, that advantages that they get. They're pretty decent at working the map, but. Overall, I haven't really seen a lot of evolution of crew. They look kind of the same, realistically, uh, from when we last saw them. It doesn't seem like they've even, like, the meta. By the way, I, we didn't see, I didn't see any KO ever at any point. So, like, I didn't see, like, a lot of the new meta picks um, that we've been seeing in, like, NA and, and EU and such. So, I'm worried that, you know, when we look at Latim South and North and stuff like that, because I haven't checked in in Brazil recently. I know someone else has, but, like, I, was it you, Bala, that did the the brazil match i don't know who did brazil match did. here yep. did were they using ko because they were not doing yeah. it in here okay so Latam might be behind the meta here quite a bit um it's a new meta anyway yeah so whatever <laughs> but like even still i'm sure ko is still gonna fit into that meta in some way um so i don't know like they just seem to be a little bit behind they seem to be stuck in the past a bit i think and they haven't seemed to evolve at all they look 
fundamentally solid is what I'll say about crew. But honestly, they didn't, they don't even look nearly as good as they did when they looked at champs, uh, mm. in my opinion. Uh, well, so that's my current analysis. Of there are two teams that go from LATAM to uh, to Reykjavik, right? Mm -hmm. So they earned the spot. Presumably, that would be at the moment. It looks like Crew and Leviathan. So yeah, that actually might be kind of interesting to see Leviathan. It is. Kind of, it is pretty interesting because like the storylines for it and Leviathan, I think they legitimately had like some very good fundamental reads here. Um, if not more so than Crew, it's just Crew kind of just Kesnet and Nagzit sometimes just like dookied on them, and, and Del like and Delzik like they just they, they just had like really good moments like overall like here in this retake you can see the Crew spacing it's pretty good you know they get they get the, they get it down they have some aggressive peaks into heaven like they're just doing stuff that we've seen them do before here like nothing innovative per se it's just good fundamentals and also they're kind of playing against a team I think that lets them get away with a lot because of the picks they give up um, but like they're working the map. They're setting up good post plants. It's kind of just the story of this match is that they just kind of got outplayed by individual players at times. Like, honestly, like, we don't have to get hit on split too hard because I feel like it's just Kesnet and Nagsit, like, doing a lot. If we just go straight to bind, it's just, like, Klaus being a shower demon and then Delzik, like, and then Delzik had moments where he just ruined them on their eco. And, but at the end of the day, it's still baseline boils down to they got a lot of picks from Kesnet and Nagsit and they just worked it from there. And they just had like good fun to play. That's really the the boy. And there was no real new meta shift or change in this team at all. Even minus their coach owner, it felt most of the same. So, yeah. I was wondering that how much of a difference maker it would be making, uh, like with, with owner. Obviously they didn't look gone. as good in polished yeah, as they did in champs, gone. though. Yeah, they did um, not look I mean, one of the big things polished. for champs was that they they were winning a lot of the pistol round and bonus round stuff that activated their comebacks against sentinels, right? Mm -hmm. That. Second round pistol bonus got them straight back in the game in both of those maps. So it's uh, that's that's a very kind of coach driven element that might yeah. end up being lacking a bit. And Leviathan did have like good fundamental moments, which maybe owner because they did replace their previous coach because it's the same roster that looks, to my opinion, when you compare the one Astral's when there was the Astral's roster playing crew previously to this year now with owner, they do look maybe more sound like overall like it seems like they're a little bit more fundamental based than before i like i said i felt like they actually were a, a little bit better of a team it's just individually they lost out you so. know i've i've thought that before though watching astral's play against crew i've thought oh damn astral's look better than crew and then i thought oh my god astral's choked that game so fucking hard and so <laughs> i i worry maybe about like them getting to a big tournament and just flopping completely because I really do think that they've choked some of those big matches before to qualify to the big events or to get through to the... Yeah, I mean, normally it's the grand finals where they play against crew. They just look so flat compared to their prior games. So I'm, I'm interested to see whether that rears its head again. Team's got talent. What's ha but that's what's really happening? it. That's it for crew. Yeah, okay. Well, what's happening over report. in... Yeah, I appreciate the status report. <laughs> what's happening over in Brazil, Bala? What's Loud up to? They have continued okay. dominating, have they not? Yes, yes. Let's uh, let's start with the groups, just looking at the standings and stuff to give a little status report, because the only match that uh, Professor Sideshow assigned to me for homework was actually Loud <laughs> versus TBK, which was actually a week old. Um, so, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, basically, um, the groups are almost defined. Um, Loud is shitting on everybody in Group A. Um, they have one more game, I think, against Vikings, who looks tragic. I think they've gotten... I mean, you can look at the, the round differential. Minus, minus 42? Minus, minus 42? 42? 
it's been it's been bad um yeah so that's gonna happen there's one game here that matters which is liberty versus um tbk and if that wins if liberty wins it's gonna be a three-way tie it's gonna be really weird um only three teams per group go to the next group now this is nip key to fury this one's way more confusing because it's a three-way tie already but in gaming is playing against nip and if that uh if in gaming wins then the group gets confusing if not then all three teams at the top qualify so yeah keed still has you know heat musera everybody from that team furia is just missing his hands um nip is almost completely new so let's get to loud um and the game against tbk because in my opinion this was really freaking good um and usually i don't get that opinion when i watch brazil but this was fucking nuts so round four you could start with um Kurt. This is a shark attack variation that Loud um, do against the team TBK. And oh, this is wait, go back, go back, go back. It's so laggy. The big theme with Loud was the fact that they're consistently getting so much value out of ult combinations. And this one right here is Saucy coming on short. They dash in uh, with the recon <laughs> bolt. And He's ulting while Aspas is smoking the corner so he can work around with the recon bolt and get into some funky angles. And they're pushing B-Man at the same time. I and mean, this is classic shark attack stuff. Uh, but I haven't very, seen anyone very, combo very that nice. with this overall before. I don't know why, exactly. but I've just never seen them, someone do that. And every single time they have multiple ults up, especially early on in the game, they're stacking them in really, really cool ways like that. Um, then the next one is more of a game plan, like a overall strategy thing, strat strategy thing, strategy. strategy. Holy fuck, strategy. Uh, <laughs> it's a new hit board game. This is <laughs> this is them playing against an anti eco, but they read the fake so well, and I think this is something that the Vikings uh, was really good at at champs. But overall, in the entire year, uh, Brazil and Vikings especially was not good at. They were over rotating really fast um, and just not reading the plays very well. Um, so TBK goes for, and TBK was not bad by any means. Their jet player is freaking insane. Um, they go for this fake with the mid split. Uh, it's KO and jet faking, and nobody rotates, uh, maybe a little bit, but Sadak plays so good uh, in in response to this, right? They see, okay, it's gonna be a fake, and Sadak's just holding a flash, and he just clears tree late in the round after they realize that it's a fake. And there's two players here to just receive. It's really, really nice and something that I think was lacking in previous iterations of the top Brazil teams. Um, they look insane. Like, really good guys. It's also cool to and see Sadak on a different role, too. He's been able to have so much more impact playing, like, Duelist or KO or something like that compared to being on the... Uh, compared to just being on Sentinel the entire time. I wonder how that yeah. would have affected his calling, too, because he's still IGLing for this roster. Yeah, I believe that's true. I th yeah, I'm I mean, sure I think so. I, I'm, I'm assuming so. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of dismantled uh, this, this uh, TBK side. Yeah, and their bind looked really good as well. I mean, they just they did very <laughs> oh bad. I mean, 13 of them. Yeah. Uh, in this match specifically, Aspas is nasty. Like, his raise movement, there was, there was multiple moments in this game similar, slightly lower level than the Nuki thing against Zeke. Like many, many, many moments like that, though, where he's just like fucking changing momentum midair type of thing and then landing and getting a, a phantom spray now. Like it's nuts. Oh, this round's a perfect example of it. Although there's no real resistance, he just satchels in and spray transfers a few people. Um, yeah, this kid is nuts. 
I don't know where he came from, but he's nuts. He was. Um... Oh my oh. God! The guy's playing oh. Quake. Yeah, and, I can't. I and can't look on top of all this. There's a there's a smoke. There's a molly in there. There's a follow up molly. They have elbow controlled perfectly well. I mean, it's the executes were fantastic out of this team. Aspas has been talked about for a long time in the Brazilian scene. I'm really not sure why he hadn't been picked up already. I don't know whether it was like some politics thing or what, but or he's age, been maybe. What's well, right? Age, maybe? I'm not sure. I'm just. I'm not speculating. sure. I don't think it was an age thing, but perhaps. I just know that there's been a lot of talk about him being the next best duelist in the region, but he hadn't actually joined a big team. He was just like dominating ranked, and everyone was talking about him. And then he finally gets added to this squad, and he's been popping off. So we're waiting until the playoffs for when the groups collide, right? Well, are honestly... They just, are they not being tested in their group right now in terms of the, it's just a difference of skill? Okay, I haven't been no, following the Brazilian region enough to tell you exactly who the second best team is, but I thought coming into these groups Probably that not. their games against Liberty and TBK would be good games, like yeah. close games. And the game against Liberty actually was a good game, but TBK, they manhandled them, absolutely mullered them. So... I'm not sure, honestly, as to whether or not Loud, you know, are they going to get better games when they match up against an NIP or a Furia? Maybe, but also they might just shit on them as well. Uh, I think that's absolutely a possibility that this team just has too much talent right now. And not just relying on talent, but they have talent that they're setting up well. This mm. is the super team I that Wyatt wanted and Wyatt's not even here to appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So sad. So sad. <laughs> It's so sad. So, so sad. sad. Wyatt calls for a Brazilian super team and then doesn't even appreciate it. Mm, curious. Curious. Maybe, curious. Maybe, mm. maybe Wyatt's the secret super team coach. Uh, uh, who is that coach? I don't fucking know. Wyatt. <laughs> no, I mean, do they have one? <laughs> do they? Buzka. A, he just doesn't know. Buzka backwards is actually Wyatt. Mm. <laughs> yep. For a minute there, I, because of the hello, I thought it said Borka. Wait, what was Wyatt's TF2 name? Wasn't it fucking? <gasps> yeah, it was Buzka. It was Buzka. It was Buzka. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, it was definitely. Dude, that holy. Was definitely Buzka. Yeah, IR Sniper changed his name to Buzka. It's yep. all coming back together. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It all loops around. I I'm excited to see if there's any kind of like South American tournament. If they could do like a show match before. Um, before Reykjavik or something, and it had, like, crew playing against Loud, you know, like, that would get the juices mm -hmm. flowing. But just in general, mm. holy shit, Reykjavik's gonna be good. Yeah. You've got, you've got this team, you've got the, whichever Korean team ends up coming, I wish Korea had two slots, but still, whichever Korea team comes out, you've got Loud, you've got uh, crew coming back to see if they can make Don't a semi performance. Holy shit. Yeah, SEA as well. I mean, I haven't really the been following lines. SEA, but I mean, the storylines could develop into something <laughs> nasty, honestly, as well. Yeah. If we see, like, if version one keep up their performance and end up qualifying, a return to Reykjavik for version one, mm. like, I don't know. Play against Team Liquid again, get revenge, dude. I'm, I'm, I. It, honestly, it could be, it could be, it could be nasty. Honestly, Masters one, it could be shaping up to be something special. Okay, well, this leads us to our most important segment of the week, every week. It's Wyatt's Weekly Award. Dude, it's so dark in here. I can't see anything. What, what is that glowing? Oh. It's Wyatt's Weekly Award. <laughs> 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 it's, 
Yates, you know, it's been a long time since we've used this one. Is he in that lamp? Is Many that where he is? is that yeah, where this is where he's gone. I've actually trapped him like a genie in a bottle. Um, so I'm wow. not going to polish this ever, Some otherwise ancient, he'll pop back ancient out. Ancient artifact. <laughs> We're saving Wyatt for a rainy day when Valorant needs him most. We'll rub the, we'll rub the weekly award and he'll pop out. But see, you have to be careful because we could lose him and then like a thousand years later in the, in the future he shows up again like Samurai Jack or something. Yeah. So have, I don't know whether Wyatt would survive a thousand years from now. I don't know whether any of us would. If we, if you went a well, thousand well, years well, in the past, the thing is, he's trapped in a bottle. He's like his. It's just his. It's not his physical form. It's a spirit it's a, form. Oh, it's a spirit form. I see. Uh, so well, how, could are you saying you have, honey, body. I shrunk the kids? Him? Have you shrunk him down to keep him there? Like what? I don't. <laughs> like I assume that you would kept. Whatever you know. Whatever. Okay, my 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 Wyatt Weekly Award. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Your Wyatt Weekly Award. I mean Wyatt's <laughs> Weekly Award. Wyatt is a concept now. It's a. It's a. <laughs> yes. It's a theme. It, it it's. And it I, it's an idea. We are all Wyatt in this moment. Yeah. Ideas are bulletproof. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it this week to, to Bozzy. Are you now? Oh, Bozzy. Okay. Why because, are you challenging me like that? Because I'm going to give it to Bala. <laughs> Bala? For talking about Brazil. <laughs> Wyatt would have wanted <laughs> yeah. it to go to Bala. That's true, actually. Because he's talking about Brazil. Wow, <laughs> you know what? I but, I, but Wyatt also would have wanted people to talk about Korea. No, I don't think he would. No, you don't think so? I think, I think it's Brazil. Brazil. You know what? Okay. Uh, I think I think Bala, which Brazilian player deserves this? It's got to be somebody from Loud, actually. I, uh -huh. I'm, I'm I'm getting affected by I, my I Korean one. biases. I have one. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. This guy is the nastiest little Astra player, most disciplined dude I've seen in Brazil for sure. Couple rounds. <laughs> nasty. Lot nice. <laughs> I followed. Yo, uh, cast this up. That's got to be the wrong way. Cast it all. Cast cast it it up. This is the most underrated <laughs> player. This is lane. the player you've never heard of. <laughs> He's got five followers on Twitter. This got to be the wrong way. Very underground. Dude, this is so underground. Holy. <laughs> wow. He doesn't even have a profile picture. Yeah, I was very impressed with Pancada every time I watched his team play. And uh, even more impressed because he wasn't one of the big names I was expecting to get blown away by. It's, uh, it's him and Les that are the least uh, star names on the roster. But Pancada, well, that's what they called the team, right? It was like Pancada and Friends or something <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, Amigos, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, this is this one. Wyatt's Weekly Award goes to Loud Don't rub Pancada. it too much. Oh, yeah, sorry. I want... We can't Actually, release him too early. No, he will. He will grant you three wishes, but they all have to be Brazil wins Reykjavik. <laughs> <laughs> um, that does it for us this week. Then that was episode eighty-two. I think uh, next week EMEA should be back with big games. Uh, I think they're doing like multiple streams or some things to be able Two to streams, run through all a lot of the games. games at the same time. Uh, we might bring in an EMEA expert to break down some of those uh, and give us some time to watch other things that are happening. And we'll have some more crazy stuff from the next meta as it happens in North America. So should be pretty good. Subscribe to the YouTube channel to watch episode 83. We'll see you next week. Bye.